If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. But then it started to get more and more intense to Mm. where um, he would start to have visions when he was in the hypnagogic state or the state like right before you fall asleep yeah. or right after you wake up. But then they began to spill more and more over into his waking life. And he records all this and it culminates in a meeting with Jesus. Mm. From there, he begins to have experiences, what he calls in a state of full wakefulness. And have them all the time as in when he would just be going about his day he would be able to see his office around him and be writing and things but he can also see and hear spirits around him very much was having like full-blown panoramic spiritual experiences but but also sometimes having sort of augmented reality where he would be at a party in the regular world and talking with people but he'd also be aware of what spirits were saying and commenting on as that went by Hey guys, do you know what a word from God is? An on-time rhema word? The logos turns into the rhema. It's an on-time. It is God speaking to you where you are right now. That's what this show was for me. For me. And I know that if you resonate with my work, if you resonate with my podcast, it will be for you too. I'm going to let you know, my mind was blown from this episode. I found out that many of the things that I've been praying about, my thoughts and my studies and my encounters with God and my encounters in the spirit world, like I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. I'm I'm tapping into revelation through divine encounter with the Lord and him teaching it through the scriptures. I'm finding stuff in, in the Bible that's blowing my mind. And I feel like I'm the only one because I've never heard it. I've never heard it articulated, but today, hearing about the stories and the journey of Emmanuel Swedenborg, my goodness, I am, I am encouraged 
and, and, and it opened up even more awe and wonder. And I still have even more questions, but man, there was somebody who existed, who, who experienced a lot of this and articulated it and shared something really beautiful. And that's what this discussion was about today. I know that you'll be blessed. I know that you'll want more. Listen, stay to the end. It was good the whole way. I was at the edge of my seat asking genuine questions because I wanted to know. I wanted to know. And I know if you're listening to this, you want to know too. There were some gems, some gems in this episode. Many blessings, guys. Check it out. Today, we welcome my guest, Curtis Childs. Curtis, welcome to the Truth Seeker Podcast, my friend. How are you? So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so we're going to be talking about somebody today that's really near and dear to your heart and very intriguing person. I'm not an expert on him. He's recently come into my life. Um, his books have been popping up, so I know very little, but I'm very intrigued. So a lot of these questions that uh, that I'm going to ask you in, in some of the conversation, I'm, I'm a student and I really want to know more about his his life and his work and some of the things he's experienced and, and come, come up with. But today we're going to be talking about Emmanuel Swedenborg. And so what does he mean to you and how did you get into his work? Yeah, so Swedenborg is important to me because it was through Swedenborg's writings that I really got to know God. Mm. And not only that, but that's, that's been where I've consistently been able to find God is in what he wrote there. That's, that's where I've come to my understanding of God, my connection with God. And you can't, you really can't separate Swedenborg's writings from the Bible because most of his writings are about the Bible. So it's one and the same, but it's a lens through which I approach the Bible. So really that's been where I find my comfort. And when, when I've been struggling with the things that I've struggled with in my life, that's where I've turned to those concepts, the ideas in there, the description of what God is like and how God really runs our lives and you know what, what the point of life is. Everything that I've needed has been there. So I, I love telling people about Swedenborg because he's not well known, but I, I just haven't found any better gateway into yeah knowing knowing who god is awesome. and and feeling that presence and so i've um i mean i've been around swedenborg's writings since i was little my parents were, were readers of his uh, you know the church that i went to you know was was incorporated swedenborg into their their sermons and things but it wasn't you can grow up around something but that doesn't mean it's it's real to you oh yeah it, it took it really it really came alive for me when I started to have, I had like a, a depressive episode where I got really, I had a ton of, I didn't know what to call it at the time because I was just like 18 and I was like, well, what's going on? Like my mind is going crazy. And I had all these like anxious thoughts and fears and I, everything was really confusing. It just all sort of hit me at once. And it was in the beginning of that, I was just trying to like keep my head above water. But as I started to get a bit of a grip. I was looking around for answers and I, I knew about Swedenborg, but that was when I really started to look at it and see through it. Mm. Oh, this is real. Like this is really telling me about God. And that's something that's just as real as like this desk in front of me, like that yeah. God is really there. So that, that was when I really started to make it my own, right? I'd had, I'd had it around, but that's when it became not something that I knew I was supposed to probably be interested in, but something that I was really interested in because it was it was medicine for me it was it was yeah. giving me life so 
Wow, that's that's amazing that his work means that much to you and it's been an inspiration and an encouragement. So what is your duty now to spread his message and to articulate some of the things that um, he believes and, and, and he wrote about and, and how and how do you do that? Are you part of the uh, Swedenborg Foundation and those things? Or are you just taking this up yeah. on your own? Can you talk a little bit about what you do now with his work? Yeah, absolutely. So what I want to do is like, I think about the help that I got from his work. And whenever I find whenever somebody's really been helped by something, you want to share that with people because you feel this obligation. It's like if you, if everyone was thirsty and you found some water, you just feel like I've got to tell people about this. They've got to know about it. And I've seen on your channel. I mean, you, you talked about, I watched the video where you were talking about your experience with hell and, yeah. and being under attack and the, then the power that you found in Christ. Jesus yeah. uh -huh. to, to help you with that. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's part of why you're here on YouTube for sure. doing for sure. this, right? Yeah. Is because, because when you, when you, when you get into a place where you need help and you're just like, come on, God, can you just help me out? And then you get it. You have this sense of, of gratitude and the sense of like, wow, I don't want anyone to be where I was and not know how to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, man. So, so to me, um, I, I feel like I've got to, I know that not everybody's gonna find in Swedenborg's writings what I found, but I want to make sure everyone knows it's there so that if it's what works for you, if that's how God is going to reach out to you, then, then I want to keep that open. So yeah, I'm now I'm working with the Swedenborg foundation which is a not-for-profit organization. It's actually like 170 years old. Swedenborg was writing in 1700s. So this has been around for a long time, but it's actually, I would say, actually now really that a lot of what he wrote is seems current now. Mm. So, but Swedenborg Foundation has been there. It's a not-for-profit. So we take Swedenborg's books. They were written in Latin originally. That was the language of the educated. So Swedenborg... And so think of who's like the most famous scientist today. I think of like a Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson. Maybe you know him. Celebrity, so imagine yeah. <laughs> if if Neil deGrasse Tyson one day, because he makes all these shows, right? You see him on Discovery Channel and stuff talking about how, how the universe formed. Yeah. Imagine that he one day posted something that said, hey, I I had this experience. I met Jesus Christ and... I now I can see the afterlife and I I'm not going to do movies and stuff about science anymore. I'm going to do them about God and life after death and the Bible and its inner meaning. That was like what happened with Swedenborg. He, he was a really successful, he was a scientist, uh, one of the leading scientists in a lot of fields back then science wasn't like as complicated as it is now. So you could actually be really good at a couple different branches of it. And he was like, renowned as not only a scientist, but he was an inventor. He was um, big in Swedenborg's mining industry, which I mean, in Sweden's mining industry. At the time, Sweden was this world power and the mining industry was a major industry for them. So he was doing all this inventing for that and running things. He was in the government. He was doing great, um, but he had this encounter. He had this spiritual crisis and then this encounter with God and uh and from then on, he had this new mission where I'm going to I'm going to publish this set of ended up writing like 30 books, which were there's a, um, a deep treatment of the Bible and, and how 
to best see Jesus in every part of the Bible. And then there was the, he had this description of life after death because he began having constant spiritual experiences. Now what you maybe call a near-death experience where people will describe, you know, I saw this tunnel and I went and I saw, I met, I met Jesus or I met angels or I met a being of light, whatever people find there. And, and then they talk about a little glimpse they got of, of the afterlife and heaven and hell and everything. Mm. Swedenborg was, was doing that according to his reports, right? I yeah. wasn't there, but this is what he's writing. Um, doing that every day for like 30 years. And so he would report to people who wrote down in great detail, this is what heaven and hell are like, and this is what God is like, and this is how life is designed to be. This is the order we're meant to live in. And that was what he spent the rest of his life doing. And all the scientists thought he went crazy. People made fun of him, right? They, and the And the church at the time was was a little bit um, threatened by it because they felt like this is not the party line. This is not what we're saying. Now he's saying a lot of things that are popular in Christianity now, but at the time uh, it was a, a theocratic state and you could, get, you could go to jail for, for writing something that didn't match up with that. So he did all, he, but that didn't matter to him. He, he felt like this is, this is what Jesus has told me to do. So I'm going to do it. And so he took his scientific understanding and his scientific mind and the way that he approached all of his studies in anatomy and philosophy and everything before and applied that to writing out theology. And to me, I, I, it's really hard to get into. It's, it can be dense and it can be confusing and it can be weird and it can be um, boring. But once you dig in there, and give it a chance. I just think you just you meet you meet the Lord in there, and that's what that's what it's done for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's this this thing of being able to see Him in everything, in all things. You know, it's like if He is in all creation, and, and for Him, by Him, and through Him was all things made. You should be able to look at something and be able to see Him, see Christ, or see God in it, and that's a great mystery. And it's a it, it is a, a beautiful journey, and, and most of the mystics, the people who enter into this type of contemplation, looking for God, where are you at in your prayer life, God? Where are you at in in this situation? In you know, and uh, and you usually you the universe is set up in such a way that you find what you're looking for. So to to know people's story like Emmanuel Swedenborg and and many of the saints, even I'm just now becoming enamored with many of the saints and what they carried and and how their mind worked and how their spiritual practices were. Um, even today, you find it kind of, it seems heretical or, or, or to some degree to encounter angels or to talk to angels or to go to hell and come back and, and live. And, you know, we wade through a lot of different stuff, a lot of different stories and a lot of different great storytellers. And I know Swedenborg was accused of, of even that, that these were just, uh, you know, poems and, and, and philosophy and, and, and just made up stories with a, d a deeper meaning or something like that. Can you talk a little bit you know, more about people who would, would say again, like he was insane or just say, yeah, he was just writing poems and you, you guys took this stuff literal or something? Yes. He, and he, all the criticisms people might have of 
Swedenborg today. They had those in his day as well. And it was from all sides. But yeah, he, he had people right away who really got what he was writing and, and loved it, but not not a bunch. He wasn't like a rock star theologian. He, he definitely took a hit on his popularity going from being a, being a successful scientist and inventor to this. So yeah, you had, you, so some people you just had making fun of the idea that you can see spirits and angels and anything like that. It was, I think it was Immanuel Kant, who was this intellectual in the, at that time wrote this treatise called the marriage of heaven and hell, which was making fun of Swedenborg. Mm. You had some of, uh, some really negative reviews written about his books that's just like that are just saying this is totally made up you know there's there's nothing in it and you're just doing this and people couldn't really figure out why though because there's not a we did a show on uh my youtube channel called off the left eye we did a show called was swedenborg crazy and while he's it's really hard to make the argument that he's he was he went crazy because while the stuff that he was talking about was really out there, he was saying, yeah. no, you can talk to angels. There, angels and demons are all around you. The, the, the afterlife is right here and, and, and can influence you and you can interact with it. Sure, he was talking about that, but he wasn't, he was doing it so efficiently and in such an organized way. I mean, the way that he was working, he was able to write these coherent books and take them to the publishers and market them and continue to, whenever people would meet him in person, they'd say, well, he seems totally sane. He seems, and he seems like a friendly, knowledgeable guy. He didn't seem, the only thing that seemed crazy was that he's telling you that, that, you know, he can, he met God and he can talk to angels and things. So yeah. it's the content, not the form, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's um, cool until he starts talking about these angels, you know. Exactly. And that's just the way it is, as the way it is too. When I first went on YouTube, I didn't know what was going to be out there. And I was like, oh man, back then I was still I was still sort of nervous about being like publicly talking about all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I thought, oh, like my friends from high school are going to think I'm weird. They what like what but it's they already think actually, you're weird. <laughs> they already think I'm weird. So it's fine. Yeah. No, it's so, but it's, I've actually found, I've been pleasantly surprised how many people are interested in, in learning about hearing experiences. And I, mm. I have to give some credit to um, Dr. Raymond Moody, who wrote Life After Life, which is the book that made up the term near death experience. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think that his, his work in there and people telling their stories got people to realize a little bit more. I mean, and, and there's a lot of people in the, the Christian world uh, who I, I went and got to meet with. Um, uh, there's a pastor now, his name is escaping me, but he's in Houston and he wrote this book about NDEs and how they line up with Christian teaching. So I think people are getting more used to it. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's but, popular right now, especially yeah. with the pandemic and what we're going through and people like right. I do NDE episodes as well. And those stats are out of the roof right now because people yeah. are scared what really happens when we die it's becoming a reality we're facing it every day so you know what what is hell are angels real is someone going to show up and protect us like there's all of these uh questions that 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 people have as a collective which now somebody's work like Swedenborg's can return to say, yeah, there is some comfort and you can know in these kind of things. And so what a perfect time for his work to resurface. Yeah. And you know what he does that I really like is he gives like a framework 
to fit those experiences into. Yeah. Because people will have these strong experiences of all kinds. Yes. And I've been to near-death experience conferences or it's not even that people have spiritual experiences all the time. There are so many different kinds. It, it, if you just are in a room with 20 people, somebody in there has had some kind of otherworldly experience. And I didn't really realize that until I got online and started doing this stuff. It mm-hmm. happens all the time, but often people, they, they may have really good feelings around that experience that it may have inspired them. They often don't, they, they are longing for a bigger picture to put it in. Like mm-hmm. h- how does this whole pic, how does this whole thing work? How does this connect with that? They're looking for like a structure, yeah, a, sure. a theological structure. And I think that Swedenborg gives this explanation that, awesome. that can really be a relief to people yeah. with that. Uh, sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like you said, like owning your truth and the things that that keep you up at night, like what's going on in, in, in your heart and your thoughts and what are you studying and and owning that, even if it is a little bit weird, right? And maybe you do question your own sanity. I totally did. And, and we all do. Uh, I got a message from a friend of mine yesterday who... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In contemplation, had like this voice come to you and was like, hey, you are you might be insane. What are you doing looking into all this stuff, talking to the saints and thinking they can hear you and all of this, you know, uh, deceased relatives or UFOs, this, all of the stuff that we talk about. And yeah. he said he opened the Bible in prayer and went directly to this scripture, which says, um, are we really insane? It is for God's sake, or are we sane? Then it is for your sake. And it says, we are ruled by the love of Christ. Like, opened up the Bible, thinking he was insane, you know, these thoughts of contemplation. And because if you're insane, you might want to zip your mouth. You know, you might want to just not (laughs) tell anybody about the insanity. Um, But it's little things like that. These little nudges, I say, from the spirit world, um, synchronicities even, where God and the angels are orchestrating things in our life. Um, so synchronicity is a is is a big thing, and I think that the angels kind of move things around for us according to prayer, according to you know what's going on in the spirit world, according to our actions and deeds and stuff like that. 
Did Swedenborg talk about that at all? Whether it was, you know, synchronicity. I know that that term came a lot later. Um, but the angels and their role in organizing things in our lives. Yeah. I'm 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 in deep, 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 crazy, insane studies about this stuff right now. So yeah. I'm asking this as a student also. Sure. No, I, I love talking about this. And just to pause for a second on the the friend you mentioned and the search to do I do I want to talk about what I'm experiencing? I think at the core it's honesty. Yeah. That people are being honest about things, even if they might seem strange. And when I am talking about Swedenborg and his material, I want to be honest about how much it's helped me. And even yeah. if there's, it causes some people to think I'm that okay, he, he's some, some dumb spiritual YouTuber, I don't care about him, but somebody else who is at the end of their rope and is really looking for help and gets help out of that, that's worth like a thousand people who don't like it. So for just sure. Like, yeah. I, you just got to, and you can talk about your own subjective experience and and be honest about it and then that i think that opens it always is that people will come forward and say i had experienced something like that it just gets us out of our little fear capsule that we're there yeah we they're to, actually yeah. waiting for you to own your story because they right. you know they have a, a level of fear that they would never speak speak about it or you know they yeah. could lose their job or you know they can lose their role as a pastor to talk about their ayahuasca ceremony or something right so (laughs) when 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 we speak about it and we own it truth is ridiculed it's made fun of you're called insane until it catches on and people like hey i had a very similar experience and so they're waiting for you to articulate it even if it's something that they believe deep in their core that maybe they saw it in a movie but it, it resonated because it's in their DNA. Maybe their ancestors yeah. experienced it, but they have no context for it or biblical context. You know, if somebody yeah. who wants to stay, stay within the confines of the scriptures, how do I find going to heaven? How do I find leaving my body? And where do I find meditation yeah. or being visited by angels? And we know all of that stuff is in there and more. And it takes a, a brave, strong soul to, to step out and own that. You know, I was ridiculed and mocked and laughed at by my peers locally. But then I go online and just own my story. And they're the yeah. ones commenting and stuff and, and still mocking. But eventually, the it falls upon the right ears. And now you have a popular podcast and people, you know, are getting help and, and, and knowing that they're not alone. And that's like one of the smallest things why everyone should own their story is just to let people know that they're not alone. And I know we hear that, that so much, but it is so powerful for sure. That's great. Yeah. And you, you putting, you putting yourself out there is leading somebody to, to get, make those connections and you feel sorry for people who are torn because they, maybe they feel like, like you're saying, I, I want to be loyal to my religion. Yeah. I want to be a good Christian or a good, whatever religion you're in. I don't want to scare my friends. Yeah. Tell them I'm visited by, by UFOs at night. Yeah, let's don't go to his house at night because he's crazy. Right. Well, you don't get scooped up. Yeah. So, um, but but also you're having these experiences and you need some way these two worlds that are both true to you don't seem to talk to each other. And I think particularly the spiritual experiences and angels and spirits, and then Christianity and the Bible. Swedenborg is this amazing bridge between those two that I think a lot of people have expressed relief at. Oh, I can now I can assimilate these experiences into the the parts of my religion that I, I still want to keep. 
Um, as far as angels and your question about the synchronicity. So the way that the Lord runs the universe and Swedenborg uses the term, the Lord to refer to Jesus Christ, but you know, God in Jesus. So this is how his most common term to talk about God is the Lord. So the way that the Lord runs the universe is through what he calls divine providence. So that is the God guiding every detail of our life to lead us into heaven, to prepare mm -hmm. us for heaven. If we're willing to accept uh, a life that is the life of heaven, which is following the two great commandments, right? L love of God, love of the neighbor. And God works through angels to do that in our lives. We always have angels around us. You actually couldn't be conscious without having angels present that the consciousness as all life does comes out of God. Initially, everything, just like think about the sun, all the energy and all the ecosystems on earth, pretty much except for a couple of hydrothermal vents like at the bottom of the ocean most everything that's alive is directly dependent on the sun either it's the plants themselves that are photosynthesizing or it's the animals that eat the plants or the animals that eat those animals so just like that just like all the energy that's powering the biosphere is coming out of the sun all of the life in all of us is coming out of god so that includes our consciousness but the way that consciousness reaches us is through it goes like from God into heaven because angels in heaven are most open to receiving it. Kind of like a transformer with electricity, right? It's got to be stepped down to a, a state where you can use it in your house without it frying all your appliances. So they step that down and then we are around them and we're able to accept God's life coming through them into our mind. And he actually says that there are angel spirits, I mean, angels and evil spirits around everyone. And that through the angels, you have heaven around you. And through the evil spirits, you have hell around you. And by having both around, you're in freedom. Like you're in equilibrium where you can choose what the angels are offering you, or you can choose what, what the evil spirits are offering you. Because only when you choose what the angels are offering you in freedom, can you, can you really accept God into you? Because God has made it, God could have just made everyone Robots. You're all going to be exactly how yeah. I want you to be right in the beginning. Obviously, that's not how it is. And what Swedenborg is saying is that the only actual bond of love we can form with the Lord is one that we freely enter into. Love without freedom isn't really love. So the, the angels and spirits around us give us the environment that lets us make that choice. And everything in our life is guided to help us recognize what is good and what is evil and hopefully make a choice towards what is good. And so divine providence, that's the, the primary aim of it is, is to form your spirit into, into um, an, an angelic spirit. So to make you into somebody who is, has basically has God living through you, right? That all of the love and everything good that comes out of God, that becomes what you want to put out into the world and what you want to do for the world. So th that is, a process that's going on from the very start of when we're born and, and, and really never ends to eternity yeah. that you can always be improved and you yeah. can always be brought closer to God and through being brought closer to God, closer to the, the human race. Okay. So with that being said, right. And, and I'm on the same study as well, like really deep and, and, and the levels. So I want to ask you about that. So sure. did, did he, did he come up with levels? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a student in, of the Bible, and, and we hear levels of light. So there's seven spectrums of 
light with the rainbow, right? And so there's seven so-called yeah. seven chakras. There's seven seals of revelation, seven churches. Were there levels that go up and levels that correspond and and go down? Did he have a did he have a number? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So he does talk about three levels of heaven, three levels of hell, and then the world of spirits in the middle. So that would be so seven altogether. You, you could certainly find a seven. I would say mm -hmm. that seven is a very important number to Swedenborg. That he talks about all the inst instances of seven in the Bible are referring to what is complete and holy. Yeah. That each number has a particular meaning. So there's nothing in the Bible where, oh, we're talking about there's there's seven sheep over there. Or there are seven churches. That's not just a. This is not just a number. It's it's telling you some a really important spiritual concept. So the number seven is is absolutely a key number uh, for him there. And the levels of heaven and the levels of hell, they happen. They're they're essentially levels of acceptance of God. So we are built to be able to open up and accept God through that freedom that I was talking about. And the more that you accept, the higher and higher levels of heaven you enter. He talks about, it's not, it's not the same as it's just like, oh, you got to climb up some stairs and you get to the next one. It's about what's going on in your heart and your mind. He says that they're not levels like levels of a building, but it's levels like if you think about the way your body is structured. So you can think of it just on the level of, let's say, organs. You can say, oh, I have lungs, I have heart, I have a brain. There's these big building blocks that make me who I am. But if you go down a, like a microscopic level, you'll see that your heart is made up of a bunch of different tissues, right? And then if you go even closer to that than that, it's actually made up, all those tissues are made up of a ton of cells. So he says to be open at the first level is like just basic opening. Like, I've got my heart open, I've got my you know, uh, mind open. But to be open at the second level is like every little tissue within your heart metaphorically is open, like all of the little pieces of you. And then the third level is every little bit of all your thoughts and feelings is open to God. That's what heaven is. And that's what Providence is trying to do. Hell is the opposite. Hell is you're more and more closed off from God. And the, the further you close yourself off, the more and more you start to act like the opposite of God's love. And yeah. that's what creates these levels of heaven and hell. And those levels of heaven and hell have a huge effect on the consciousness of people that are here in this world, because it's sort of like if, you, if, a, if a stream is polluted upstream, the people downstream have a problem too, right? Where the, the worse that the, the things get there, the worse our day-to-day -day consciousness is. So it's important, all this work you're doing to try to be a good person, and live that love, um, that actually can just a little, a little bit improve consciousness for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it shows what's possible, and uh, it encourages people to to, you know, there's um there's resonance, you know, there's calibration to pull people up higher to show. First of all, to show them. I mean, that was the story of of Christ that He showed us how to walk in love. He showed us, you know, we 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 read about it. In the Old Testament, we read how you're supposed to, wow, we're not supposed to kill anybody. This is insane. Yeah. This is new. And Jesus <laughs> like, you yeah. shouldn't have to be told that law is now written on your heart. And I'm going to show you how to love people. I'm going to show you how to forgive. I'm going to show you how to ascend. And in doing so, kind of like you said, Emmanuel talks about open up realms where 
you'll see the angels of heaven ascending and descending upon the sun or the sons of man. These, it gets really deep. Does he talk yeah. about that? Like you, each each level, whether it's level of heaven or level of your body, that angels that govern those levels that you open yourself up to, such as the demons. You know, you you heard my story. Yeah. I started off. If there are levels, I started off at level negative three. You know, the right. pits of insanity like but but not a good insanity my friend was texting me about insanity but yeah there's a corresponding level of beautiful insanity of bliss correspondence on that level where i saw demons faces and he's coming they're coming to kill me they're you know i'm done my soul was going to be destroyed and that was that let's say like level negative three i don't know the actual level i'm just throwing that out there but there sure. is correspondence as the other side is the angels are here to assist me god is madly in love with me he is looking for ways to to bless me and to speak to me and to encourage me like it's flip side it's a sense of psychosis but yeah. beautiful loving blissful psychosis does he talk about the angels or the spirits that get access to you according to your sin or what level you're on yeah the there's a process that swedenborg talks about at length that he well it's translated a couple of different ways in the most recent translations it's trials of the spirit and he says that there are these episodes of spiritual crisis which are how essential to our spiritual growth everybody goes through in their own ways these dark nights of the soul and it's they perform a couple of functions for us so it's divine providence allowing that to happen to us because well look what happened with you right you you yeah, had best this thing ever this, this thing happened to you you're still talking about it it's still informing it's it's made you understand now the difference between good and evil in a, in a much clearer way and he says that jesus did that same thing all the the temp like the, the trials with the devil in the yeah. wilderness you, you hear about a few of them but even further back swedenborg says that all of the wars in the old testament are actually describing states of some of the battles that jesus went through as he was trying to sort out the, this human race that had gotten all absorbed in all the kinds of horrific evil things exactly to the point where oh we're not supposed to kill people really we shouldn't do that this this is not how jesus is so there's this huge reordering that he had to do and the way that it works is that when we're in these spiritual trials even though hell is the closest to us then and it shows up differently for different people some people may have an overt experience like you're talking about where there's really demons other people can just have sort of a a really terrible time where they're where they're getting depressive thoughts because demons and angels can th show up really clearly in your thoughts and feelings as well even even if it doesn't get to the point where you're actually seeing them through your what we would call your spiritual senses um when the when hell is close heaven is close really close as well because they're right there protecting and moderating and making sure that you're safe and that this ultimately is gonna god's providence bends everything evil into good so how can i take what what's harmful and scary and turn it into something that's going to go on and create goodness in you and and out in the world and the way that heaven and hell are arranged there are actually 
everybody in heaven is directly opposed to certain people in hell. So if there's a, a part of hell that is all about revenge or something, let's take, take some particular evil. And that's what they, they, they get their joy of their, their, their joy of their life from that. And that's what they want to do is there's going to be some group in heaven. That's all about forgiveness. Right. And that they, they balance each other out. So there is, as you said, there's this corresponding, yeah. it's in it. The, the two are the opposite of each other. So whatever part of God who, is who designed it there. that way. So, cause you know, obviously yeah. in, in Christendom, that's bad. I can't believe that yeah. demons exist. Why would God create such entities that torment? And yeah. my work, I put out a book, Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God. And it teaches you, like these things are here to, like you said, to teach you and to serve a purpose. Like, can you speak to that? Because so many people, like, when you're going through it, yeah, please deliver me. Deliver my soul yeah. out of hell, Lord. Please, I need you. But it creates the contrast. It creates the, okay, if you do that again, guess who you got to? Guess who's gonna gonna come see you? You're gonna go yeah. visit those guys again, you know? Yeah. So everything, nothing is allowed except what can be made useful through providence. So let's say that I started to take a demonic route in life. So let's say that I've got good and bad urges that come into me. Like I want to be nice to that person. I want to be mean to that person. I want to take their things. I want to dominate them in some way. Let's say I start acting on those that I think, oh, I can just, I can steal from this person. I can cheat. I start yeah. to buy that. I start to bring hell closer and closer to me because that the joy of serving someone and, and knowing that they're happy, that's what heaven is. And the joy of uh, ab exploiting, abusing, harming someone, that's hell. So the more that I get it's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Immersed in that joy. And the more that I make it who I am, the more and more of a demon I become. Right? It, I look, still look like me physically, but, but my spirit is getting more and more corrupt. So let's say I get to the point where that's, that's what I do and that's what I enjoy. Um, and I want to go and try to harm people. So even if I'm intending harm, God can use providence so that the hurtful things that I do actually end up turning to good because the people that I try to hurt end up um, stronger afterwards or you all kinds of all the time. If you go and hear like a Ted talk and somebody's talking about, I survived this horrible thing. And now I know that I want to rid the world of it. I want to rid the world of um, trafficking or something like that. Right. It's good can come out of it. And that that person. So somehow, even if I, if I'm in a demonic state and I'm intending evil, God can use that to bring good. And there's times, right. When the only way somebody's going to change is if they have to get snapped out of it. Have you read um, Howard Storm's near death experience? I don't think so. So he's, he's, he was one of the earlier ones that I read and he had this two part experience where the first part was really graphically evil. So there was these, there was like demons and they tore him apart and it was really, really traumatizing for him, really painful for him. And then he, he had this time when he called out for God and, and Jesus showed up and, and it changed his life. And when he tells that story, cause I got to meet him and he, he never says, oh, I wish I didn't have the first part. Like it was horrific and he doesn't like to talk about it, but the impact that it had is, is now this treasure that he has in him, right? And it's not anything that's that's violent or that's harmful. This is not God's first option, right? God God is is love. And you just think about how you are if you're holding a little baby. Like you would never want, I don't want to do anything that's going to make that baby uncomfortable. Like I just want it to be so, so that's how God feels about each of us. Only as a last resort, if we're, if if this is the only way that, some important essential spiritual growth thing can happen. Okay. I'm going to allow this negative thing to happen to you, but I'm going to care for you during it. And in the end, we're going to be better off. And it's the only reason why I would allow this to happen to you. So yeah, God is all about usefulness. Something has to be bring, bring a good use out of it. So mm. I'm only going to allow anything that's harmful and hellish if good's going to be brought out of it. And because of the freedom thing, if I set my heart on, I'm no, I just want to do these hurtful, terrible things. And that's what I want to do. God's going to try to get me to stop, but ultimately that's my choice. So if I do, okay, I'm going to put myself in hell, but God is still going to try to keep me as safe as possible in that state and try to get me to be a little less in hell and then a little less in hell. So there's, there's always that I'm going to bring good out of this and I'm going to make sure it doesn't go too far. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, so with with the afterlife and with um, heaven and hell, right? So the Christian idea is that you believe in Jesus, you get a free pass to heaven. That's it. There's only heaven and hell. And then we're talking about these different levels or layers of, of heavens, right? Um, and and you uh, being able to to experience that for eternity is that is that kind of what goes on? Like you pass the test, 
And so Earth would be maybe a, a school where you're tested and tried to see if we can trust you in the higher realms of, of heaven or if you need to be taught in the lower realms of hell a little longer. Um, many people see Earth as a school, right? And, and, and where you're going to spend eternity. But again, the Christian idea is like everybody just to go just gets to go to one place and that's heaven. So these different levels yeah. of heaven. So we bring in more love and more light and more of God in us so that we become lighter so that our souls can ascend to the heights of the, of the heavens where, where God is versus having to be in there, but you're not really welcomed in the bedroom or, you know, the master yeah. chamber or something like that, if you will. Right. Yeah. So it's not a, a couple of thoughts come to mind when you're saying that so the, the way that Swedenborg would say it, it's not, oh, do you... Well, I was going to say it's not, do you believe in Jesus or not? But it's more, what does that mean? I believe in Jesus. Like I can say that, but doesn't Jesus say people who said to me, Lord, 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 Lord. Yeah. but they didn't really do what I was telling them to do. They don't, they're not, yeah. what's really believing exactly. in Jesus. If I, if I say like, um, oh, it's Martin Luther King day. I really love that, but I'm going to go and act like a racist on Martin Luther King day, which, which is it? You know, it's it's the life you live, right? You didn't really it's, love Martin Luther yeah. King. You just said that to get yeah. in the door. Exactly, exactly. So you can you can say, and this was Swedenborg was this is part of the reason why he he had pushed back from the Christian Church in his time because he's like, there's a bunch of people walking around who will say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I love Jesus Christ, and yet they're breaking all the commandments. They're treating people terribly. They're racist. They, exactly. That, Man, that the, is the, the, the eerie yeah. thing. I mean, I would say just about my life. But many people is we're we're coming we're getting to a similar place of what this guy was teaching a long time ago that right. and and I haven't I haven't read his work. Obviously I'm influenced maybe by people who have been influenced by his work, I'll say that. But yeah. something else that we've talked about, the scripture says when a seed dies that it's able to go into the ground or to the spirit and multiply. So instead of Emmanuel Swedenborg or Jesus having to be one place at one time talking to a crowd at a TED talk. It is now yeah. these ideas are now in the ethers in the heavens to where, again, I haven't looked up any of this stuff, but I'm coming to these same conclusions. And, and you have to give credit where credit is due. The mind of the seeker is to hold on. I'm not. I didn't come up with this. There are people who had very similar concepts and. I'm in that energy. We're in that energy. Yeah. It was so powerful and so potent that now as people progress, they kind of come to a similar understanding. Whether it had anything to do with him and his spirit and his knowledge going out or yeah. the place that he got to is a level of heaven, a level of understanding that that a lot of Christians or people eventually get to and see God and yeah. everything. To Because everything that you're saying that he went through and he did, like, just got off of Bob Larson. They were asking me, is Jesus the only way? And I'm like, and Christians are like, answer the question, sir. Is Jesus the only way? And it's like, <laughs> is that your ticket into heaven? Yeah, Jesus is the way because Jesus is love. Love is yeah. the only way. So yes. it's not just naming his name, but it's in, in deed and in character. If John 3.16, if you do what I tell you, this is eternal life. This is your ticket, not just to believe in me, but believe on him who sent me. And if you do believe, you're going to be imitators of me. You're going to love people. Yeah. And so 
man, I get it. Like, this is my burden. But yeah, the Christians are like, you didn't say it right. It's like, no, I really did. It's just <laughs> way over your head. It's so simple that you misunderstand it because they yeah, want it's, it's, in, it's in a confession, but not knowing that your life is your confession. Your love it, is your it, confession. I, I, I agree 100 percent. It's just like the Pharisees and Jesus. The Pharisees were checking all the boxes. They said, hey, we're we're you know, we know you're not supposed to help somebody on the Sabbath because that's the rule. And Jesus says, just just relax, and we need to help this person. Yeah. And they're saying, if you knew... Not today, you that, don't. <laughs> yeah, right. If you knew who that woman was, you wouldn't let her in because she's a prostitute. And he says, hey, she's doing something here for me that none of you are doing. This There's a whole thing. And this was actually Swedenborg's main adversary was what he called faith alone. He said that this was a thing that was rotting the Christian church, was mm. this idea that you can separate your theology from love, when actually theology is meant to be the way that the love expresses itself. This is why Jesus was talking about works, works, works. And when, when, the, when he said, hey, teacher, what are the two great commandments? Did he say the greatest commandment is that you say the right things? love God, love your neighbor. And so to take those and separate them, this, this has been the thing that causes, has caused the most spiritual destruction for the who human race. Who did that? Who, who it, do you think? Was it the yeah. Protestant Re Reformation? Like, who, I, don't, I, I don't know who, like, who, who do you think did it, man? He, he says that there was a council of Nicaea mm -hmm. in like 300 where they, that, that was really bad. He talks about them? Yep. Yep, he does. Uh, so it's there's definitely been decisions by the organized church that did that. The other thing, though, is like every individual Christian who says, I'm a Christian, but goes out and lives contrary to, yeah. to Christianity. I was just reading, because in Heaven and Hell, so he, he wrote this book called Heaven and Hell. That was his best-selling book. Yeah. Um, basically, because he was writing a bunch of in-depth stuff about the Bible and what it means. And people were sort of interested in that, but they're more saying, tell us about life after death. You saw yeah. heaven. Let me, let me know about that. Yeah. So he was writing in there and he had this section about non-Christians. And he said that often non-Christians, when they get to the afterlife, more readily accept the truth about God than Christians. Because if you're a Christian and you've become adamant about <laughs> something that's that's contrary to Jesus's love, um, you, you actually, even when you get there, you're like, no, no, no. I, Cognitive dissonance. I, I, yeah, you get this, you get this dissonance and, you, and really it's, it doesn't matter what you say is nothing compared to what, why you're saying it and what yeah. you believe. It's the, it's the heart, right? The mouth speaks out of the treasure of the heart. And that is what happens in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, so this is the, the world you come into after death and where you're, you're sorting out, do you, are you going to heaven or are you going to hell based on what you love? Um, that is where you can't have a dissonance anymore. You can't say, I love God, I love God, no. but inside what you love is yourself and it's your so own good, power man. and esteem. So that he's saying that, that that's what I, the commandment against idolatry, you can look at a statue and it can make you think of God and it can make you think of serving your, your, that can be a focusing tool for you. Sure. It could get out of control, but that's not what that's about. That's not a big enough issue that God is commanding. The idolatry commandment is in your heart. What, what do you really venerate? And if you, what you really, if what the most important thing is, 
to you is your own power and your own reputation and what or whatever else it is, even more so than God, which is God is the the love. Uh, God expresses that love that's in those two great commandments, then that's idolatry. It's you're putting yourself and your own gain above that. And we we naturally do that, right? You just are born into that, but life is this process of getting out of it. But if you think it's enough to just say, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm Christian. I'm Christian. Yeah. I, I I um I go to church. But yet inside what I do when I when I go home and I start thinking about things, I just like scroll through my phone and see people that I don't like and I hate them and I treat people meanly when I'm at the grocery store and I cheat on my wife. This that that's what makes you who you are. It's not about what you say because that that doesn't take root. That doesn't grow. Are you familiar? And I say this as much as I can. I got to tell people, are you familiar with um, Billy Graham when he spoke about uh, the end time revival that's coming uh, on with Robert Schuller? There was an interview that he did towards the end of his life. Do you remember that? No, no, I don't. Okay. So he essentially says, and it's this was a part of my spiritual awakening to hear uh -huh. this man of faith, one of the greatest evangelists of our day that preached, uh, you know, uh, preached the gospel so that it would work on your conscience. Not it was yeah. just a decision that you want to go to heaven, but the gospel is supposed to prick your heart. And then it's right. supposed to change, change you from the inside out, just like what you said. And, and Billy Graham was one of the greatest of our day. So at the end of his life, he, he's doing this talk with Robert Schuller. And Robert Schuller, and they're in the Crystal Cathedral. He says, he says, Billy, do you think that we'll see this great end time harvest and all of these souls coming to God and coming into the church? Are we going to see a revival in the end times? Are we getting ready? And Billy Graham says, no, we're not going to see this great revival. He said, I believe it's uh, something similar to what the Apostle James talks about, that, that God has a people for his namesake who may have not even heard the name of Christ. He said that there's people from the Muslim world. There's people from the Hindu world, the Buddhist world. They've never heard the name of Jesus, but there's something in them that makes them be in service to others instead of service to self, to recognize that there is a God. Even though I may not have all of the theology down, I, I have what they've given me, and I'm doing it to the best of my ability. He says those people are a part of the body of Christ. When Jesus says that I have other sheep that are not of this fold that you know not of, he's speaking of these people who we we counted out. We counted the prostitute out. Christians yeah. still count the prostitute out. Uh, that's somebody's mother. That's a single mom who's doing what she can do. Maybe you should show her. Show her grace. See her as yeah. your sister. See her the way that God sees her. And then you step into this place of restoration and seeing things the way that God sees them. But that that spiritual sight, that is attained with bringing love and bringing light into your understanding, into your heart. It is a, a level of consciousness. And I love the, you know, it, it is very simple, you know, but the, the intricacies of the process that Swedenborg talks about that is dispensed through many vessels that you you come to a similar understanding obviously at some point it's it's to be said if somebody is seeking heaven and seeking good you're going to eventually come up with the same stuff and again that's for people who are hindus yeah. or buddhists or muslims or whatever if they're truly seeking they're gonna find ask seek knock but that hearing him say that it lit a fire in me man to stop yeah. judging my Catholic friends or my Hindu friends and start judging the fruit. Hold on. I like being around this guy. 
He's funny. He makes me feel good. He's a good person. I feel warmth when I shake his hand. He carries himself in a way that that is beautiful, spiritual, peaceful. But my cognitive dissonance tells me that he's my enemy because he doesn't name the name of Christ. But like we've been saying, your actions, your love, and what you do is your aroma. It is your incense that goes up into the heavens that the spirits take notice of. And that is what yeah. names the name of Christ alone. I love that. Yeah, that's such an inspiring message that he had. And I think this gets back to what you were saying before, that it's it's in the air because Swedenborg has that exact thing written, that, that um, it is that attitude of, I believe that there's some kind of God and I'm doing what I believe is right in service to fellow human beings. That is the name of Jesus because it's the quality it makes because Jesus. that's not his name anyway. So if yeah. it was about name yeah. having getting the name right or the confession right, yes, you've already you messed up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. come on, exactly. <laughs> name anywhere all through vernacular. The Bible, it, yeah, all through the Bible it talks about names. Yeah, it talks about you know the, there's a new name. Give everyone a stone where there's a new name written on it that nobody knows except me. Who cares if you get a new name? Somebody called me. Name is about the quality of who you are. Swedenborg says that. Actually, in the spiritual world, the way that people communicate there is through, not through language. Like here, you'll have an idea, and then you've got to think of what's the word that represents that idea, and then I say it like a horse. Okay, I can picture a horse. What English word is it? Horse. But there, you're able actually able to verbalize or directly communicate the concept horse right mm -hmm. so because everything there is is and this is all through near-death experiences you'll get that yeah. people say we communicated mentally it doesn't mean you don't, people don't or through discernment discerning right my intention that yeah they so it's so everything there every way you communicate a concept is that concept so in the spiritual world you have a name that is the entire essence of you communicated right yeah. it is actually who you are it's not just your parents are looking at, at a baby book and they pick something they think might be a good name for you you have a name that is actually your character so think about the the name of god right that that is the full character of god and so if somebody is living with that character which is that warmth when you shake their hand right th then that's then they're ready they've got the Jesus in here and it's just going to keep growing. So good. So good. So good. So let me ask you about this, right? You hear about people who have had near death experiences and, um, you know, have attained light and added this light to their life and their bodies and there's levels in the spirit. You know, you can feel that. Um, does he talk about being able to at least commune with the angels that way or to get we call them downloads now, epiphanies, okay. right? Um, yeah. But but even with people, like Jesus would walk up to a crowd and he he can feel what they were thinking. He knew their hearts. Yeah. Like you can walk up next to a person and say, oh, okay, that guy, something's going on. And they don't have to say anything. Their name is their character. It's coming out of their heart. It's their, yeah. tor it's their Taurus or Torodio field, which is the law, the energy that's coming out of them. You can feel it if you're tapped in and know how to feel energy. It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Which Jesus knew how to do. The angels yeah. communicate that way. The Swedenborg talk about, I heard, I heard some people talk about psychic abilities and some th- dreams and, and visions and things that he was getting. But did he ever talk about being able to discern and know things before they happened and 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 tapping into some of that angelic ability, ESP on on, yeah. on the earth? Seems like it. There's if you go to if you just Google Swedenborg and go to his Wikipedia page, there's a famous episode that he had, which is called the Stockholm Fire Account, which this the reason why it's it's uh, meaningful is that, or, or remarkable is that there was just so many people that witnessed it. So based on accounts of that, it's all just accounts, but he was at a dinner party and partway through started to get really agitated. Like he was noticeably upset and people were asking him what's going on. Why are you upset? And he said, well, a fire just broke out in my hometown. And this is back in 1700s. That was a couple days travel. So there's no way he couldn't have just been checking his phone. So they, so he was upset for a little while. And then later he relaxed and he said, okay, they put it out like two houses away from my house because his, his house, which I assume would have all his writings in it and stuff was, so it was, it was spared. And everyone was like, okay, that's this guy. And, but then a couple of days later, once, once people had had time to travel from Stockholm, they said, yeah, that that's exactly what happened. So there was a couple of things. There was another famous one where after it started to get out that Swedenborg was having these spiritual experiences, initially he was publishing anonymously. He was, which I guess I learned that 
he did that whenever he'd break into a new field because he thought, well, my name doesn't do any good in this field. <laughs> if if I'm if I'm a scientist, if I'm yeah, if I'm studying anatomy and but I want to do something on geology, no one's going to care that I'm an anatomist. Or, or it could be that with this particular new field, the theology is so different that they might be saying, well, you're not ordained. How, how do you know anything about this? But he was publishing anonymously, but eventually it got out that it was him writing these books. And so all of these, the who's who of the like European monarchy would want to test it. They'd say, are, are you really having these? So there was an episode that was fairly well documented where there was a... Uh, as a queen, I can't remember which country it was for, but she had, he was able to tell her something uh, about her dead brother that nobody could have known. And it made quite an impression on her. There was, there was another account where there was a woman who was going to her, somebody had died in her family. And so she, there was a note that was supposed to be the will that would give the property to her. So she wouldn't lose it and become poor, but she couldn't find it. And Swedenborg went to her and was like, it's fell back behind the drawer. It's over here. So she found it right where he said there was a couple of instances like that that seemed to indicate that Swedenborg had what you, what you could call ESP or clairvoyance or something like that. Sailors would love sailing with him because it seemed like he always got good weather. The, these sorts of things like there's these anecdotes that, that trickle back. He never he doesn't make a very big deal of it like in his books he doesn't talk about it's important for us to try to achieve that state he's much more focused on regeneration and repentance mm -hmm. so this is how you shun what's evil and do what's good yeah. he does say though that the state where that you can get into where you can converse with angels and spirits there's nothing alien about that state that's actually the state that people used to be in earlier in human history we we really just messed up that connection by the human race getting so intertwined with evil and falsity which destroyed that spiritual link made the spiritual world yeah. uh, a dangerous place for us to just be able to talk to all the time because you, you don't know what you're opening up to but he never th said like oh i have some special abilities you can't okay. get this is something that yeah. people could oh get. that's what yeah you got to watch yeah. out for that really quick and so i'm yeah. the only one okay yeah see you later buddy. Yeah, no you know? it's and it's yeah. the thing he, he gives you the mechanics of why it works so the mm -hmm. reason how you can get there is um spiritually almost it's almost like everybody has esp spirit when, when you're spirit a spirit meaning like after your body dies and you go into the afterlife because the there's an aura around you which is essentially your character and thoughts projected around you so what you're talking about that we can sense a little bit of it physically where you can something's going on with that person but there it's just very clear he says angels can tell yeah there would be no, no speech or gender or anything there right well angel angels can tell like on your approach, um, by the first word you say, they can just know everything about you. You know everything about who your who, what your character is, um, what you're like, and everything like that. So everybody has these spiritual auras that go out. And he said he just mentions it in passing, but he says that there's something physical that's not too different from that. So yeah. he certainly lays like the groundwork for how you could, if somebody, because there's definitely people that report saying, "Well, I can I can know when." very clearly when someone's struggling with something or when they need to hear something, there's definitely a spiritual mechanism that would explain why people have yeah. that. He doesn't give a lot of instructions on how to get there, but again, he was saying it's not, you don't need that. They can do good things, but that's not the most important yeah. part of your spiritual growth. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, that's, and, and I think we, I think we, 
again, it's a, that's a natural state. And so obviously you would, you would want to know how to naturally act in that environment if that stuff starts happening, because it could totally, you know, For sure. uh, scare you. You can end up, you know, if, if it can be done on the demonic levels, again, there has to be the corresponding level of angels are, are now assisting you versus yeah. demons scaring you and appearing in your dreams and whispering in your ear like it's a level so the same thing with i would say with spiritual gifts that can be used for good or bad like all of this stuff is is everything is a tool and so right. when it, you are a tool when it comes to you everything that you see you call it good or bad like no that's a that's a prostitute nope somebody's daughter somebody's mom I, and yeah. jesus is like i'm madly in love with her you know, I, I'm going to die for her. I'm going to I'm going to shed my blood so that she can be restored. I'm going to go talk to her. Not even that, but I'm going to go talk to her so she can be restored. Let's just let's bring it into the now moment. I'm going to go talk yeah. to her so my speech can restore her. I'm going to give her a hug so that I can restore her versus everybody else is like, eh, that's a prostitute, man. Or that's a leper. We can't touch them because we'll become unclean. Obviously, yeah. the, the more light that you bring into your understanding, into your heart, it changes the way that you view people and, and things. And you don't see the things the way that you are, you see the, you begin to see them the way that they are and the way that God sees them. And, and that's why I'm obsessed with, with this process and, uh, and submitting and, and figuring out how it, how it works. And I'm seeing it in my life in so many ways. And I'm, I'm saying yes. And, 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 and what it, you know, the realms of consciousness that, that open up to you that are beautiful, that are blissful and, and anything that would taint that or try to take that away you know, becomes an enemy. And, but it's, but it's a choice though. That's the thing. Like all of it is a, a attainable to, to stay in a place like that or to turn it up, to turn it off, you know? And that's the interesting thing. So I was want to ask you again with, with Swedenborg and tapping in and all that, you know, and he'd say you would do a lot, do a lot of this stuff daily. So was this a, did they ever talk about the practice? Did he, was he getting into meditation? Did he, was he fasting? Was he just doing it at night in a dream state? Did he do yeah. automatic writing? How, how was he getting this information and, and seeing all of this stuff? There was a progression. So when throughout his life, he had a, a few scattered spiritual experiences. It seems like when he was a kid, he would tell his parents about talking with angels. I, I don't think it was m that much more than you'll find pretty commonly with people. When it really started to become a main fixture of his life, there's actually a really good record of it because he was keeping a journal. At the time, it was a travel journal. So he would just be writing in it. Now I'm coming into Amsterdam, getting ready to go to start, which travel was a really big deal back then it was dangerous and it took weeks and so it was a you're keeping a log of, of where you are but he starts to record his dreams in it at one point and it's actually it's published now as swedenborg's journal of dreams and it's it's one of the earliest records of somebody trying to analyze their own dreams this is way before freud or anything like that but he would start to write down his dreams. And then he would start to say, oh, this is what I think this might mean. And the dreams start to really quickly take on an intense and spiritual theme to them. And he would, for example, he would see there's a black dog that he would see in his dreams. And he would say, I, I believe this is a symbol of my pride because he was really talented and really smart. And he was struggling with that. And the dog would be attacking him in his dreams. And you think, okay, this is probably my pride. But then it started to get 
more and more intense to mm. where um, he would start to have visions when he was in the hypnagogic state or the state like right before you fall asleep yeah. or right after you wake up. But then they began to spill more and more over into his waking life. And he wow. records all this and it culminates in a meeting with Jesus. Mm. And in that meeting is when he gets what he believes is his instructions to, to take this course with his life and, and start writing these books and, and do this. So from there, he begins to have experiences, what he calls in a state of full wakefulness and have them all the time. As in when he would just be going about his day, he would be able to see his office around him and be writing and things, but he can also see and hear spirits around him. So he would know what and the spirits that were around him would even like comment on what he was writing and the angels would inform him whether, and he would see signs about whether what he was writing was true or not. So he now, would were see these, like a, were these a conversation in his head or was this him physically like seeing in the spirit world, like seeing beings and yeah, and people um, no, like, him. like auditory. And he you, described it in detail. Like, so, like you can, yeah. So he heard it. So he would, he heard he it and, and saw it. Okay, so like, saw it but too. what I mean is like, not like just like you're thinking and yeah. feeling like, like you would see and hear other people. Yeah. And he describes it. He says, when, when you're seeing and hearing spirits, it's just like you're seeing and hearing people, except the other people around you can't see and hear them. Hmm. But that, that was one part of it. But he would also regularly leave the body and go all the way into the spirit world. And in there, he has these very detailed accounts of, this is a part of heaven I visited, and these are the angels that live there, and this is the kind of community they have, and this is what they believe about um, marriage or worship or what he would give you a very detailed description of that. Or he'd say, I went and visited hell. You have to get, he had to get like the proper protection and preparation and angels would go with him, but he'd go, I go and visit hell. And I talked to the, the demons that are in hell and this is what they believe. And this is what they think. So he would have, there's quite a number of different categories of experiences that he would have, but he was having them all in every day. And so hmm as far as like how he got to that state and states in it, he barely talks about it. He, which a lot of people want to know, like, how do you do that? He did have breathing stuff that he was doing. He talked a lot about the importance of the breath and the different, the ways that different parts of your body are connected to the spiritual world, mm -hmm. all these different ways. And he will say like, I was meditating on this topic. Yeah. And as I was doing that, angels came to me and said, do you want to learn about this in heaven? And they'd take him with him. I don't know when he says meditating, it could be that he means just thinking about it. It could mean he's doing what we now think of as meditating where you close your eyes and you're focusing on something there. He doesn't ever really lay out. Here's all my techniques. You can get snippets of it, but he very much was having like full blown panoramic spiritual experiences, but, but also sometimes having sort of augmented reality where he would be at a party in the, regular world and talking with people, but he'd also be aware of what spirits were saying and commenting on as that went by. So sort of like yeah. all of the above. Well, if that's the case, man, then I'm sure that he were seeing spirits that were on people. You know what I'm saying? And being able yeah. to discern like, hey, this guy is yes. deep stuff he's dealing with, or, you know, we'll say seeing their aura or seeing them as a color. Like if you, if you're in a party and you're tapped into that state for sure, right? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he would even, 
there's stories of um there was some some people in the clergy who were attacking him and he would say to him you're surrounded by you're surrounded by hell right now there are evil spirits that are making you say this stuff and and they're and you need to push them away so he would get very direct about it and yeah i think he had a ton of insight into the character of other people just because our character is very visible in the spiritual world and the influences are are very obvious uh once you have your eyes open to it um uh is it, do you think I, I you know my mind just goes to so many different places and i'm like should, sure. I, should I open that door that that what if <laughs> you know this, this okay, let's just talk about it just the idea of our vessels being an avatar or, or our bodies being a vessel, right? And and we're influenced by other spirits. Um right. that are dead or that are angels or or other stars. Cause you know, a lot of this gets into the Greek Greek philosophies and stuff too, that we are like emanations of the stars that are down here on the earth and we kind of do what, what they do and we feel what the what the stars tell you to feel, that kind of thing. But there's also like a war, you know, the spiritual war for the human body, for your mind. Evil spirits want to like live in you or on you kind of thing. What, do you, what does he talk about? The idea of channeling, because in a sense, it's like we are all susceptible. And I'm not making this claim, but if it, once we start studying. Yeah. And we're open. I'm fine. Like the stuff Swedenborg, dude, I'm. I'm experiencing everything you're talking about, dude. Not just him, yeah. though. You know, it'd be easy for us to get on a pedestal and put out a book that say, I am Swedenborg reincarnated. I am him come yeah. back to tell you things. But not just him, though. Like, I'm right. finding other sta- saints that died on my birthday that had encounters with demons that that I've had that I've never heard articulated ever. And it, I just found out last week. And so to put these things together, it's like, we are emanations of these cycles that are repeating themselves or the ideas are accumulating so that they can go to the next level, right? Because his yeah. work needs you like right. to be that vehicle. What do you think that is? Is that a connection with him? Is that a connection with his ideas that, again, permeate what we'll call the Book of Life or some would call yeah. the Akashic Records that we're just getting inspirations? There's There's correspondence, again, because you're into this stuff and then here's a book on Swedenborg, read this and have your mind blown because this is where you are kind of stuff. Like, what yeah. do you, I know it's hard to articulate this stuff and it'll drive us sure. mad, but I think it's beautiful to try, you know? Absolutely. I believe that we are constantly influenced intellectually and emotionally by the spiritual world. And Swedenborg says that actually all of our thoughts originate in God. That's the only source of life. They can be perverted and twisted on the way down so that it ends up being the opposite or something, but ultimately all truth is coming from God. So all the, when we're talking about Swedenborg and he was learning these things, he's only learning about something that's really real. And so other people are interacting with that and learning that. They just don't care the science of it or or to commune. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, there's going to be plenty of people that are tapping into different parts of this. You know, there's a, that saying about there's an elephant 
and a bunch of people are blindfolded and they're each feeling a different part of the elephant. And one person's saying, well, this is like a, a snake or something because they're feeling the trunk. And someone else is saying, oh, this is this is like a, a donkey because it's got this little tail off the back, but you're just feeling different parts of the same elephant. So I one of the things I like about Swedenborg is the similarities that he has to all these other things. And not there's plenty of similarities to people who have had near-death experiences, but even there was a guy named DT Suzuki who wrote, who was one of the main guys who brought Zen Buddhism into the West. And he wrote this book about Swedenborg called Buddha of the North, because mm -hmm. the stuff, that's not to say, oh, Swedenborg is so great, but it's to say that, that the baseline themes that he's talking about, even though he's using Christian terminology, those harmonize very well with these core truths in Eastern philosophy. And so and, I think and, that and was he yeah. a student of that? Cause then I could be like, okay, you're mixing the yeah. two, but yeah. again, the, the, the seeking process, that's the most, that's how you know what truth is. Yeah. Somebody that, that didn't study Swedenborg or Christianity, but you're coming up with the same stuff on your own, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think there's not really records of him studying that there wasn't in his day. There wasn't, really as much cross-continental knowledge uh as it, today it's easy for for me or you to 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 look up w and study eastern philosophy i think he had less access to it but i think that there's there's a there are fundamental truths that that are just in the in the water you know that are just in the in the air so to speak and and people can pick up on those and as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I think that, well, he says that, that the way that you think about things, like when you come to epiphanies or, or you come into a new phase of understanding, what causes that is, so you have a spirit and a body, right? And so your body is in a room right now, right? It's on a certain part of the globe. Like it has to be somewhere in the physical world. Well, your spirit is somewhere in the spiritual world. He says each of our spirits is in a community of other spirits in the spiritual world and what community you're in has a huge impact on how you think and feel and everything because you're just like here if you're in some 
Facebook group with a certain political view, you're going to come out of it talking like everyone else in there, right? So spiritually, it's the same thing. You've got your spirits around you who are influencing you. When you have some big shift in life, that's actually your spirit moving to a new community. So like so moving again, in, it, yeah. it does lend to the avatar kind of thing or um, right. seated with Christ. We are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Bring, like so, our soul is yeah. in this in making this journey now based upon actions that we do. Soul, spirit, true self, higher self. Those terms yeah. does that does that apply? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. He said Swedenborg talks about what he calls an inner self uh, and a spiritual self, and he he As, wrote very clearly about the day when his spirit joined a heavenly community. Wow. So he, he said, I, I, oh, this, let me just interject because yeah. it's so, so interesting because in my mind, I'm thinking when you die, when you die, your spirit gets to kind of make that upgrade and come on up to the yeah. higher plane, sir. It's like, no, you're already there. And as you make those decisions and, 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 and shed your skin, you are, or, or shed your sin, uh, you are yeah. getting lighter in the spirit world right now and your yeah. name carries weight your because your friends and who you know and how close you are really beautiful concept to think about that right and now we're making those adjustments yeah making it right now and that when you die like when your body leaves all you do is end up heading to the community that you've been spending your life in right so we move communities as we learn new things but it's really he says it feels like you're coming home because even though physically this is where we, we um, what I see and interact with day to day has to do with what you know what country am I in what state uh, it, geographically am I in but spiritually I'm somewhere and the the process of dying gets it so that you end up your whole consciousness goes to where your spirit has been but throughout our life as we learn and as we push away things that are harmful and bring in things that are loving yeah you yeah you get to be more and more immersed in better and better communities and that's what brings wisdom with it so awesome i love yeah. it man i love it um so many places that we can go and, and i say so many places that we can go so many places we can park and and really explore yeah. the, these concepts even at the beginning of of the uh the, the the providence like you know one thing i'm studying right now is rulers and and we hear you know the bible terms of principalities and powers and like those are those are like those are kingdoms. Those are little worlds, and and under them there's there's rulership and there's beings that we read about as literal people in the Old Testament. I'll tell you that, but you you can get some really interesting things about their hierarchy and in in how they interact with mankind. Um, and I'm finding so much and about the uh, I guess what I would call the um, um, the courts of heaven this judicial system and the judges and, and even, you know, I, I've always known the term magistrate, you know, but I would read, that's another term for, for some of the gods in the Bible. A magistrate is a, is a judge over lesser matters. So you have angels and you have beings that judge lesser matters that, that come based upon what you've done and they judge the fruit of your labor. And Jesus comes and brings his rewards, his peace, his love, or they, they're given, you're given over to the officers. Like there's this terminology in the scriptures, like it's all throughout there. I'm like blown away because we look at it, a thing is literal. We translate everything literal, but obviously um, Swedenborg's 
telling you, listen, this is allegorical. This is metaphorical. This is spiritual. This is about your anatomy. It's also about the heavens. I mean, this is where I've been with my study and it makes things make a lot of sense about these processes and these cycles of how does court work in heaven every night when you go to sleep every week every month every new moon every year in every age like the judgments and the things that you're doing are just it's all in there if you break the words down and, and you look at what it's really talking about and if you take it at face value you can't you cannot you don't have access to it unless you look at it literal first that's just what it is you have to be able to be a good person love your neighbor forgive people who sin against you bless those who are in need spend time with the people that you think you know you're better than or whatever that you got so it's teaching you how to get through all of that which unlocks the book of revelation which is revelation levels of revelation of the spirit world and how it operates and not everybody cares you know they're they're content with just being a good person and, and loving god and but that's the starting point everybody has to go through that if not you come in through another gate and you're a, a liar a robber and a thief and so man we could park on any of that stuff um <laughs> but to keep it about swedenborg and i want to just i maybe wrap it up a little bit and i can have you back on because I love this conversation. Obviously, this yeah. is where I am right now spiritually. And it's this is amazing how God, you said, orchestrates everything. I think he orchestrated yeah. this talk and, and is introducing me to Swedenborg's work. And for to go back to the very thing that we started so that you don't feel like you're alone. Yeah. You know how crazy this sounds to try to tell somebody <laughs> who has... I had to tell my wife. I opened up a, a, a level. I reached a new level. And I didn't say it was a level in the in the soul levels, but I reached a new, new level two months ago. God opened up a, a seal of revelation to me. Um, and the Bible just started meaning something different. His spirit was a supernatural ex experience. It was a staple on my life. And I know I experienced it. I was at my computer crying and typing for a week. He was giving me downloads. He was connecting scriptures that I didn't know went together. He's telling me to open this word up in the Greek, break that into Hebrew. And every time I did, it was synapses connecting. It was a supernatural experience that was so strong at first. Um, and I'm trembling, I'm crying, um, but it lasted a week straight of just straight download. And then I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm excited to tell people, like I got to roll some this idea off of something. I'm trying to tell my wife. Do you know how like scared I was to be like, you know, it was just coming out of me though. It was so good. Yeah. And like, but it's scary because you're like, oh, you're insane. You're a crazy person. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> like, I've never heard this before. I was like, you're going to yes. hear it. And I'm going to show you biblically because we can talk about this all day. It's, I love it. But everything that you're saying, I'm sure you said Swedenborg was like, can navigate you through the Bible and show you this stuff, this stuff too, yeah. right? Absolutely. I, I, it's always been fascinating to me that people who have near-death experiences, they often, you think you have that, you, you meet God and it's so wonderful. The rest of your life, you're going to be set, right? It's just no problem. But people have a hard time often afterwards because they're back to being regular people and they've got to pay them bills. The bill collectors are knocking at the door. You got to pay the bills and you're in this world that's <laughs> weird and superficial but you're trying to 
match that up with what you experienced is tough for people. And, and just like you were saying, you're having this awesome experience, which is so meaningful to you, but it's like, Oh, now, now my wife thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. And so I, I felt so that way. Like, yeah. I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, do I sound crazy? <laughs> Cause if God doesn't grace me how to yeah. articulate this, I'm screwed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's why it's important for people to be trying to hammer away on ways to articulate it and, and find ways to describe it because everything else that we humans do, we work hard at articulating. You think of the way when people invent a new technology and they have to go and corporations spend all this time and money trying to get you to understand why it's important or what it means to do all this yeah. design work. To, so it, you can't just say, oh, spiritual things will take care of themselves. It's work. You know, it's work <laughs> to get in there and get and render the greatest service. Think about how much oh, I was going to grab my phone, but it's not how much work went into making a phone easy to use. Right. You got to put work into making it so that some people are going to be getting these downloads like you're talking about, or could just like some engineers could just know how to do computers really well, but they're doing all this work to get it. So anyone can pick up that phone and use it. We want to get it to where anybody can, yeah. if they had an experience, well, here, we're going to help you go tell deeper your family into about it. it. Yeah. yeah. And, we'll go and, and learn more it. about it. Yeah. You know, people will message me and, you know, and, and rightfully so, you know, I woke up and there was a little man in my room. You know, and standing in the corner, what was it? I can tell you what it could have been, but yeah, you got to right. say, hey, what's your name? <laughs> like, you have to do that. You don't, you know, and I yeah. know, you know, my work is to let you know, like, hey, this stuff's possible. It may not be what you think it is. That little man, Christians are going to tell you it's a demon because because you were scared. You know, does he talk, does right. he talk about being scared of, of angels and he, their presence he, and their majesty and beauty? Or, yes. or, or or how ugly they are, <laughs> you know, either way. So the, there's, Swedenborg had a ton of fearful experiences. And I have a, a colleague named Dr. Jonathan Rose, who's been translating Swedenborg's works. And he likes to say like, for Swedenborg, every day was Halloween. Because there, there was, he was having constant, he would mm. just wake up and write and he, he kept this running journal throughout his whole. Like a gothic every day is Halloween. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, because he would wake up and say, well, throughout the night, there were evil spirits that were trying to kill me. And, but I knew that the God was keeping me safe. He got to a point where he was, he was protected and could see and observe what all these evil spirits were doing and the different ways that they were trying to enter into parts of his body and mm -hmm. destroy him. But he was just, he would sort of laugh it off. Whereas earlier in his life, he was really scared of it because he, he didn't have that same level of protection, but also even, even experiences with, with, with con having to confront his own negativity, which when angels approach, he would have to confront that. So that can be jarring. So there was a, a huge array of emotions that he was experiencing. And a lot of it was really intense and you can kind of get glimpses of it because he'll write about it pretty detached and academically, but you can tell, oh, this was a really intense night that he went through here. So it, it's not all just butterflies and simplicity, but he comes out of all that, you know, forged into this state where he can really give you this really uplifting message. That's so cool. Um, one thing, I guess, I guess, um, so was he, was he married? Did he have children? Is he, you know, I'm studying yeah. the lives of the saints, and most of them were like devout. I'm going to live in a cage for six, uh, a cave for six months, yeah. or you know, I have taken a vow of celibacy so I can seek God. But a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of the newer saints were like, "Hey, it's 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 harder 
but it's more commendable when you do have a, a wife and kids and you can still tap in and, and be that person. Did he yeah. have a, a family and children? So he he didn't ever marry or have kids, but that wasn't a religious condition mm -hmm. for him. He had someone earlier in his life. There's a few records that he, I think he was trying to propose to, but she wasn't into him. I think he just ended up consumed by work, but he actually wrote about that and said that it's, it's actually important to be living a life in the world, that, that it's good to get married. It's yeah. good to have a family. That's, you can't, you can't, if you, you can't be spiritual without also being natural at the same time. So to him, it was, you're not supposed to live a spiritual life apart from the world. You're supposed to live it in the world. So the way that he did that was even when he was having all these spiritual experiences, writing these books, he was still involved in government affairs. And in um, the, one of the last things he ever wrote, even after having all these experiences and publishing all these books was something, a treatise on trying to improve the currency in Sweden. So he was still trying to make society a better place, um, even though he was in all these levels of, of, of heaven and everything like that. So I think that he would say, no, like you actually by, for example, by having a, a wife and the, the love that you have to have in there and the spiritual growth you have to do that actually you can grow more from that and be more of an image of mm -hmm. God's love and wisdom there. And at having children, you experience some of the love that God experiences. You, there's, there's a great use in that. And he says that the, creating more human beings is what God wants. So when you do it, that's good. Obviously he was good not doing it, but I, the point I'm trying to make is he didn't say, you're supposed to leave stuff behind. He didn't happen to get married and have a family, but it's not because that wouldn't have been as good. Uh, I think that you you can do uh, the spiritual life that looks like a regular person's life, no problem. It's really about what's going on inside you while you're doing it. Awesome. Um, you mentioned um, him having a several pin names and things like that at, at certain points. Um, was, was his original name Emanuel Swedenborg or, or did, that, did that come later? Because we it know was, what the word, I say we know what the word means. I don't know if you want to break that down. But. Yeah. So Emmanuel means God with us. And he, his name was always Emmanuel. Actually, his family's name used to be Svedberry when he was little, but they got ennobled partway through his life and became Swedenborg through that. So because he, he had he was some kind of low ranking noble in back when there was nobility and all that. So his, his name, his name was always Emmanuel. His father actually was a bishop in the Lutheran church. Jesper was his name. So he was very immersed in that world. So I think they would have given him the name Emmanuel with the, the religious idea in mind. Uh, but yeah, he had this, his switchery with his last name, which, which seems to happen to people. Um, and this doesn't have to be the end of the talk, but you would think of a question like this comes at the end. Like how did he die? Sure. He died in his bed. Um, he was, he was, in his 80s, I think it was 83, at, at a time when it was much more unusual to live that long. I think life expectancy, average life expectancy was in your 30s in Sweden, which which didn't mean that nobody lived that old, but just that more people were dying young and everything. But he there there is pretty there is pretty good documentation around him telling people, like there was somebody who said, Hey, I'll see you next time you're in London. And he wrote back to them. They have the letters. He said, No, I'm gonna have moved on by then. Like I'm going to have died by then. And he had a caretaker who 
lived or, or, the, or no, I think it was the person he was renting a room from. Um, and he told, he told them, Hey, I'm going to be dying on this date. And so he went in there and did it. And somebody asked him, you know, how are you feeling about that? And he says, I'm going to be free. So he, so he, he kinda, was kind of knew it was yeah. coming. He, he knew it was coming. He, I don't think he, we, we, we did some research into it. It, it didn't seem like he knew about it like a, a few years out, but as it was approaching, according to records, he, he very much knew this is when I'm going to go. And, and this is, this is the state I'm going to go on. And he says that that's, that's how it used to be for everyone that back when the human race was in a state where we had open communication with heaven and where we were living in what he calls in the divine design, like we were living a love of a life of love to the neighbor and love of God, like God is trying to get us to do that. The spirit is very much, open communication with heaven, you would, you would, and people would generally just die peacefully at an old age. There wasn't the, all the kinds of tragedies that happen now. So this is, he died in a early sort of ideal way, but it's a way that it's the way we're all meant to go. And hopefully yeah. the human race can get back there. For sure. Um, who, who were some of his influences? Did he have certain saints or, or biblical characters that he referenced a lot that he looked up to, or even, even, you know, writers and things like that? He so prior to his theological phase, he was certainly a student of philosophy. So he was reading all of the Greek philosophers like Aristotle. Um, he mentions I was just reading something where he was talking about Cicero. He's actually talking about meeting Cicero in the afterlife and talking oh, wow. to him there. He's, so, he's got a couple. So he, oh, that's yeah. interesting. We didn't even talk about it. So he's yeah. meeting. Uh, yeah, people who have already who who lived once and have passed on. Yeah, he he actually has a pretty cool list of people. He talked to Martin Luther, like the, the Protestant Reformation mm -hmm. guy. He, he has accounts of conversations with people in the afterlife. So a number of whom he had studied a lot, and you can see in his writings, he'll use terms that he got from those sorts of schools of philosophy. He doesn't have a lot of. He says in the beginning that or early on in his works, that he was... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Forbidden to do too much studying of religious doctrine because that would 
color too much what he was saying. Mm -hmm. He was well-versed in the Protestant doctrine of his time. As I said, his father was a bishop and he knew things like the Athanasian creed and those sorts of things inside and out. But he, he really came more from the scientific world. Uh, you see much more in his writings, his knowledge of anatomy comes up all the time. He'll constantly be making references to the way the human body works and how that mirrors spiritual processes and also how, and this will be a whole nother conversation for another time, but how all, all people in the afterlife have a connection with a certain part of the human body because the whole of heaven is organized like a human body not in the same shape, like, oh, I live like I, I, I live out on the forearm, but functionally. So just yeah. like there's like the lungs do something for the body. Well, there are people who do something for heaven like wow. that. They bring in ideas, just like the lungs bring in oxygen for and, the body. And we bring so, that down to the, the church on the earth too, right? The body of Christ. Absolutely. And, and the body of Christ. So that, that's what it's talking about, body of Christ. So his knowledge of anatomy, because he was yeah one of the leading scientists in anatomy at the time that came up all the time his knowledge uh, even even those the styles of debate and writing that he would study come up he, he would write in what's called the geometric style which was where you make a proposition and then you explain it and then you explain the next part and you explain the next part so there's those influences he he knew he he, he actually went at the beginning of his theological phase he taught himself Hebrew and Greek so that he could go and read the Bible in the original languages. He did a lot of biblical study then. He was familiar with it before, but made himself an expert in it. So there's a lot of influence there. Yeah. And he references some famous religious figures, but doesn't have too much about any particular one that, that he really got influenced by. No, none of the saints or anything like that? I, I don't think so. He was Protestant, so um, I think at the time there was a pretty significant schism between catholics mm -hmm. and protestants oh, there, there is now at, at the time yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah but, it was early uh, on right <laughs> yeah it, i think it was yeah. even even more so than there is now where you yeah. just so so he didn't have i think a lot of i think a lot of the saints that was the catholic world although he was getting to to know it but um i think he certainly mentions a lot of angels that he was taught by but he, he really ultimately says that that what he wrote it didn't come from anyone other than from God, yeah. from Jesus, right? That, that, um, that only the Lord through, through the Bible taught him what he wrote. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, talking about these angels, right? Meeting these angels, like, so are they mostly the, the, the iconic angels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, or are there other beings or angels that come with a new name that you, he may, we've maybe yeah. never heard of that he kind of introduces or something? So, Swedenborg has this interesting claim that like the angel Michael, when you hear about the angel Michael in the Bible, just like we we're talking about with the different parts of the body, that's not ne necessarily referring to a single being, but it's a whole function of angels. So Michael, I believe has to do with using truth to defend. So anybody who's any angel who's doing that is like doing the Michael at the time. So there's, all these different angels you may have heard of are again these the, the whole channel the spirit channeling through you yeah because we're right. standing up for truth today exactly and the spirit or the person who carries that essence is like yeah they got our message in there they are yep. our mouthpiece right now on earth whether they know exactly. it or not yeah that's awesome exactly. so yes yeah, you could like you can be today you can go out and be a little part of michael if the right inspiration strikes you there so he he talked about 
many, many angels, like individual angels of, of all kinds. Um, and yeah. And uh, so there's these big functions, but then it gets down to individual angels that you can, you can meet and know and love. Okay. So the, so the big function would be like the title or the name of, of that. And so the personification where you can talk or interact with that yeah. is looking at it as a physical representation most likely they don't look anything like, but it allows our imagination to to have pictures of of some of these beings or whatever uh, to connect. Because again, if you're if you are operating as a defender of truth, you're you're in communion, in in a sense with this higher maybe un vibration, but an umbrella of those who stand up for truth. Um, yeah. And it's and it's almost about, like like what's iconography of even having a picture of Jesus, you know, and most likely if something didn't even look like anything like that, but it like helps you to, okay, I'm standing up for, for him. He is my Lord. He is my lover. It's like, hold on. Historically, he may have not looked anything like that, but it does something for us to be able to like have this image that we can connect with, if you will. You have to have that. That's, that's just the way that our, our minds work. If you, he talks about that you can try to picture a God that doesn't have a human form, but you're never really going to be able to connect with that in the same way that you can connect with a picture of a human God. So I would say absolutely, whether or not you're, you have, if you have a picture on your wall of Jesus, whether that looks like Jesus physically looked or not, what that can do for you yeah, is start, uh, there's been times when, man, there's been movies like, uh, what was it? Bruce Almighty, remember with Jim Carrey, there's mm -hmm. been like movies where they'll just have fleeting depictions uh, of God. I'm, th I'm thinking of one, yeah, the, a couple of times. And I remember just like, it, it'd be some actor comes in and they act like they're, they're God for a second. And it, it moves you. You're like, oh, to picture God as a person who can like make a joke or like put your, his arm around you or something. It's just like, well, you connect if the, with it. If, if the, you know, I don't want to, this is deep, but if the, even if the Bible, the Bible is that, those right. stories are that, like, okay, this king of so-and-so, and, okay, look up his name, because his name means something. Look, in, look up the city that they went into when Jesus goes into Capernaum to heal a man's vision. You got to understand what Capernaum is. You got to, like, all of those, everything's in there for a reason. It's telling you a deeper story at face value. Yeah. We're like, oh, he was so gracious on that man. Yeah. The deeper part is like, hold on, that man is you. That man is yeah. you that he wants to heal your vision. Uh, if you look into it deeper, and and obviously the the story, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, Narnia, like yeah, his his name is not Aslan. Get it right. That's listen. It's the same story. That if you have that connection, it's gonna. It's a, just a personification. The picture, yeah. the names, those things change, but the story of like this, the you know, the God is is passionately pursuing you, and uh, He's a defender of the weak. And man, if you can embody and tell those stories, it's going to inspire you and, and move you to tears if you are able to read it. Not everybody can read yeah. that. They only read that there was an a lion named Aslan um, that you know had his own story. But like, no, that's Jesus, man. The Lion of Judah. Make the connections. Like it, it yeah. opens it up for you. The Jesus story. is always talking in parables. Like there's a sower 
sowing seeds and the, the you know the sower is is god but uh, it's not jesus is a sower. that's how jesus talks but what you were saying before about the meaning of the cities and where jesus is going that you're going to love swedenborg because that's exactly he calls that course he says the whole word is written in correspondences where each name each action each city applies directly to you because god spoke the word and anything that god says is universal and eternal. So it has to, it can't just be about something that happened a long time ago. I'm, it's I'm about, kind of freaked out talking to you, man. Like, yeah, this is so it's weird. It's about what happens right now for everyone because that's where God is. So it's good, man. I've been telling everybody that <laughs> for it to be <laughs> truth, it has to be real on every level of existence. Right. It has to be right. your anatomy. It has to be in the heavens. It has to be in the spiritual world. And most people negate it and say it's only that. It has to be literal. Like it ha it has to be all of those things for it to hold any truth. And so people would say, you know, when you prove that the Bible is talking about astrology, oh man, I thought it was talking about my what my psyche. No, it's not only any of it. It is all of it and that's what makes this thing come to life and and be the greatest you know, book ever written that knows it's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It knows everything about you because God is using that as an as an an instrument. You know, to to communicate His word, His vibration, and it's hidden. It has to be in a parable, and I love it that it is because you have to come upon your own free will. You have to think about it. You have to meditate because He's going to plant. You know, He talks about the seed. He said the seeds is the word. Hit God's word vibration, but also the words of Christ. The, I'm planting seeds. Now, yep. the seeds can get choked out. You can dig the seeds up and throw them, or you can guard that seed and make sure that it gets water and sunlight and nutrients. And if you do that, then something's going to grow, you know, the word. And so whether that's something beautiful or that's something uh, negative, you know, if you fight for, for that and let that thing grow, you're going to reap a harvest of some things that you planted six months ago. You know, there's some seeds that take take root overnight. You know, there's gestation periods of, you know, nine months that a, a seed yeah. of a woman, you know, and, and the matrix and and which which is the the womb, any womb, the womb of a woman, the womb of the earth, the womb of creation. It has to be real on all of those those levels. And man, to know that somebody else wrote this stuff, I feel like yeah. I I feel like I've been reading. I've, I haven't read his material, man. But I feel like I have been just because everything that you're saying is stuff that the last two months have just been really deep in my spirit. And I've been studying in the Bible and have come to these, you know, conclusions so-called by myself. But I don't think it was by myself. I do think that we are being influenced by somebody's message who, who needs to be told at this time, if you will. That's so cool. Well, I really appreciate getting to to chat with you about all this stuff. It's been a ton of fun. Um, before we go, um, your story, your encounters, your experiences. I know his story, you know, speaks to you a lot and it's helped your walk with God. But but uh, you walk with God in that walk with God. Are you experiencing any of this stuff? Are you getting voices or angels or downloads or demons? Are you having any of this, yeah. this uh, stuff we'll call insane if you will some of the insane yeah. stuff that, that he experienced i certainly get what i feel like are downloads meaning insights 
and clarity in places that I didn't have before and times when these sorts of concepts will just hit me and just be so obviously true and alive. I haven't had overt experiences where I'm seeing and hearing things like we're talking about, but I've benefited a lot from people's descriptions of those. I sort of threw all of the material in Swedenborg. I've been able to get the understanding that, that comes with those sorts of experiences. And, and I've really, where I've sort of been specializing or focusing is, so how do I take all this really out there stuff and really put it into regular life? Like how do I make it so that when I'm doing my dishes, yeah. I'm connecting to this spiritual stuff. I've had some, you know, I've definitely had some times that were more intense where it's right on the edge where I'm really feeling like really under attack by stuff and can really like hear like loud thoughts that are about it. So it's not been nothing, but I, I haven't had like a near death experience or, or something like that. So that's why I I'm really grateful to people who are willing to share their stories about it. And, and I feel like the, the, one of the main messages that Swedenborg had is like the spiritual world influences your psyche. So I remember early on in our channel, we had, I had these interviews with this guy who had been working with schizophrenics in prison and in hospitals. And the way that their voices were behaving is just like the way Swedenborg says evil spirits behave, which is just like the way my depressive thoughts were behaving. So by mm -hmm. learning about somebody who's hearing voices, I, I learn about how to deal with my own anxiety and depression and that sort of stuff. So I feel like it's just, it's just a volume knob. Yeah, you know, on everybody's experiencing this stuff all the time, but it's just quiet enough that it just in your regular, it feels like regular feelings and thoughts, mm. even though it's, it's it's spiritual influence. Oh yeah, you, you, and that's so true. And so you know, maybe maybe uh, you know some of this stuff have we uh, over um, uh, sensationalized it. You know, of I saw the being walk in my room and there was a fight around yeah. me. Like, yeah, and a lot of so a lot of my Christian friends are stepping away from the demon angel idea that it's only in your head and it is your psyche. But like we're, we're describing the battle between two thoughts, like, yeah. the, you know, and that is a, a spiritual war that that I believe is also taking place around you. And uh, and I think winning on any of those planes of existence is is going to, to help you to win. You know, you mentioned the psyche, you mentioned the demon, you mentioned uh, you know your your diet or your anatomy i wanted to ask you if, if he spoke about diet too but yeah you know if winning on any of that can influence the other parts of you of your body your spirit body your etheric body your mental body these are the the different layers that 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 we have and um you know um astrology all of that like i gotta everything you just said about how to you know help you with your thoughts and depression i've got a friend who studies astrology and instead of going to a therapist and, and being able to talk about it, he's able to do an uh, astrology forecast and learn what the planets and stuff are going to be doing. And so know when it's a good time for him to keep to himself, know when it's a good time to to start a business venture, know when it's a good when when the season is right for him to step into that energy, if you will. And it's it's helped his psyche. It's helped his spiritual battle that goes on in his mind or around him. And so. Um, all of those levels, I think they are planes of existence influence each other. And so to find which one you're able to articulate and, and see and work with, we, I don't think we should ever hold one higher than the other. 
You know, again, if the Bible is only literal, brother, you guys are lost. It's like, or we would say, no, no, all of this stuff is spiritual. It's only spiritual. And then my astrology friends, listen, brother, the Bible is pure astrology. Uh, I can prove it from Genesis to Revelation. It is astrology. But we fall into this, this temptation and error when we say it's only any of those things. And I think yeah. what makes it really beautiful is that it is and we are all of those things. That's very well said. Yep. We're, we're integrated. God is present in all levels of creation and it's those levels working together. Everything is everything that's really got an image of the divine and that has got a bunch of disparate parts working together that depend on each yeah. other. He talks all the time about the spiritual world and even angels, they depend on the physical world and the people, just like a house depends on its foundation or your body depends on its feet. It's, that's the way that God has made things. So it's not that there's one thing that's greater than everything else, but there is this community of service between all mm. things. So I really like what you're saying about those levels. So Man, I'd like to um, to have more info on the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the upgrade he talked about in, in the spirit and, and being able to know that his soul moved to a different a different region or place in the in the heavens, if you will. Um, you know, to be able to see that now because. What I've what I've seen is all throughout the Bible, um, the stuff about the the coming judgments and the end of the world, and one day you're going to give an account for every word you speak. It's like okay, that's one day, but now I'm good. So like, hold on, no, 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 bring it. Maybe there is a one day when you get there and you're like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that because now I get to see that I I literally said this to a pure soul. So yeah, you're giving an account there, but now. The words you speak, they come back to either haunt you or bless you. The the deeds that you do in 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 silence and 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 in the seasons of of how that comes to repay you, your words are seeds. And so, you know, the Christian notion is that when you get to heaven, one day you're going to stand before the great throne of judgment and be judged for your actions. You know how to make that a good experience to be judged for your actions right now. To yeah. lay there and ask God to show you. You know, tr try my heart, oh God, judge my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, but really mean it and be open to it because he's going to show you and you're going to see things. And it's that process, dude. I I love it. Bringing it to the now moment. It is real. What makes it real is it's real for, for us today. It's real for us next week, next month, next year, the next into the ages to come. He said, behold, I'll be with you to the end of the age. Like I'm with you in all of this stuff. Like yeah. th they weren't. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No you know, going to be physical for to the end of the ages, right? They didn't get to see that. And uh, it makes it real, man. It makes all of this deep, far-out stuff real. So I love it. Sure. And I pre- appreciate you coming on, man, having this conversation and and introducing me and uh, and my audience to the work of um, Emmanuel Swedenborg and, and, and what he means to you. So let people know where they can go to to follow your work. And so so what do you do for the foundation? Do you do these talks? Do you make videos? Yeah. A little bit of it all. Let, let people know where they can go to to tap into that and, and you know how they can find your work. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you and I love the insights you were sharing. Yeah, I work at the Swedenborg Foundation and I do a lot of stuff on YouTube and we've got a, a thousand videos on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash off the left eye, which that comes from an experience Swedenborg had where he was shown what it's like to transition to the spiritual world. It seemed like a covering was peeled off his left eye, which wow. gave him the use of spiritual sight because the left is the intellectual side. But there's a, any, any question you might have, we, we've got a treatise on it uh, from Swedenborg's perspective. You can go there. You can go to Swedenborg.com if you're looking at it. We, we make all his books available as free downloads. So you can go there and get the PDFs and everything like that. Um, yeah, if you go to those places, you'll, you'll find it. And if you want to get in touch with us, just like leave a comment on any video or, or in, on the website and somebody will, will get, get to you and, and talk with you. Because as you can tell, this is what I love to talk about and, and do. So I'm just a, appreciate getting to spend some time here with you and your audience talking about what I love to talk about. Hey, I enjoyed it so much. I really did. I'm a student of this stuff, man. And this, this makes the best, the best episodes. Cause you know, there's those episodes just like, Oh, another psychic, another, this, another story. <laughs> but it's like when I'm hungry and I'm there, that's where I am. Listen, I'm as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm asking questions because I want to know. And and obviously, the people who are still listening, they want to know, too. So that's what's up. 
Appreciate Good you, man. You, Vince. Two hours in. Cool. Good. Yes, well, thank you so much. Really, really, really had fun. We'll have to do it again, man. I'm open to come on because I know okay. his story and, and his stuff. And, and maybe if you find some stuff that you think may be of interest to me and my audience, we'll come on and, and something that we didn't talk about, which I know there's yeah. much, right? I think we, we, right. we didn't even begin to scratch the surface of how this stuff works. And I'm dedicated and I know my audience is too. Appreciate Great. you, Curtis. Thanks so much, bro. Thank you. Thanks, we'll everyone. Again. Peace. Wow, guys, such a good talk. I know that you guys were blessed. I'm still in awe. I'm still just enamored um, of all the synchronicities. Synchronicity. God is listening. Angels speak to me. 3 and 33. Yeah, listen, man. God is so amazing and, and intricate in the way this stuff works. And, you know, we've been told so much by you know, the church, at least me or other, you know, people, it's like, you'll find out when you die. Just don't worry about that. Listen, keep it simple, man. Don't overcomplicate the grace of God. Keep it simple. And yeah, the grace and the love and the mercy is simple, but what that mercy and what that grace does for your spirit, man, listen, that is, my goodness, you take a whole, not just one lifetime, but many to understand and to study and to get lost in it and then to get found and then to get lost again and it'll go down a rabbit trail and come back and man this is the the reason we're here is to explore explore the depths of who God is and and how he operates and and you'll find out I mean in this talk was it's not just God from his throne as the king bless them Give them a blessing that they can't contain. And God does pour out those blessings. But he has laws and statutes and structures and judges and princes and officers and magistrates and lesser judges, judges that judge under him and how that works. Listen, man, it, this is all in the Bible. All of it's in there. This is all in your body and your anatomy. All of it's in there. When you understand this, then you'll get a greater love for the scriptures, for the Bible, and for the Word of God. Because you know that you reading that book is as you're gazing into a mirror and you're looking into your own eyes and in, into your own soul, into your own spiritual evolution, your own psyche, your own spiritual warfare as the Israelites are fighting the Amalekites and how they overcame and how they won and what does... what. What is an Amalekite? Look up the word. Look up the weapons that they used. And then go read about the spiritual armor and the weapons and what that weapon represents in the spirit. Man, listen, this is unfolding to get the beauty to be enamored with the things of God and how he operates versus being enamored with the things of the world, which we once were and we're still parts of us that are to let that stuff go and and want to be channels for the most high god they want to be channels for the beautiful energy and expression of christ how do you become a channel that's weird language you open up your heart and bring more light in that is simply spending time with god emptying out yourself when he shows you something that you need to let go of when he shows you something to say or something to do that is that is it's going to be for your greater good to do it as quick as you can your evolution, your evolutionary process, bringing light into your life and bringing light into your heart. I'm, I'm on fire. 
for this stuff. Once again, once again, and, and, and I know that, and many of you know that, that's why you're listening, but listen, it doesn't stop there. Because my prayer, my cry, is how do I stay on fire? Listen, one day I feel it, the next day I don't. It just is what it is. How do I stay in that place of intimacy? How do I keep my flame burning? How do I keep oil in my lamp? As the virgins in the scriptures, the analogy of them bringing oil to the lamp and keeping it in there. How do we keep oil in our lamps? How do we stay passionate and madly in love with Christ? How do we keep the main thing, the main thing? Man, this is my prayer and I wanna know and I want to lay down my idols. I want to lay down my character flaws that don't honor Christ, that don't honor God. And as I do that, I know that he brings rewards. I know that he's like, I can trust him. Angels of mercy, bring him this encounter. Angels of light, fly by his home and let him see you outside of his window. I mean, this is why we're here, man, to be in the beauty and enamored with God and in, in all of his aspects of, of what he does. We are the body. Everybody doesn't have to be into that to be a Christian or to be deep. No, this is too deep for many people. It's not their calling. They're not a hand. They can't dribble the ball. They may be a foot. They may have to wear the shoe and carry us as we play the sport. When the body comes together, and we honor one another and walk in love despite our differences. What is the similarities? Again, that we're all connected to that same body. The hand cannot say to the foot, there is no need of you. Be gone, we don't need to study Emmanuel Swedenborg. We need to study Jesus, no sir. You don't need to study Emmanuel Swedenborg. Swedenborg. You don't need to. We just need to keep it simple, brother. Keep it. No, you need to keep it simple. That's not how my mind works. My mind is after the depths of things. You know where that led me early on? In the satanic cults and witchcraft and demonic stuff. Because it because nobody in the church could keep my attention, could honor and see the awe and the wonder and the imagination that comes from God to cultivate that and to use that. Come on, people, this is what we are doing. This is resonance and I'm getting chills speaking to that because that's your story, man. It's what I went, to, went through. It's what you went through. It's what you're going through. I see it. I honor it. Come to the table. Have a seat at the table. If they're not attacking us, if they're not you know, they may be speaking the same word, but the fruit is the same. Should we stop them? He's teaching people that angels ascend every night upon the Son of Man. Listen, Jesus told Nathaniel and other people, that, listen, after this, you're fixing to see the angels of God, the judges, the magistrates of God, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, bringing gifts, loosing judgments, you say this is it is God that does it for sure, but God doesn't get off of his throne and come down there and handle you now, handle you. No, He has an amazing providence 
kingdom, judicial system, set up where it runs itself. Any good business that is set up, it, it's set up good enough to, to let it run itself. And the king can do what kings do. Rule and reign and enjoy their kingdom. The king doesn't have to go and talk to the, the people at, on the ground level. Like they do it from time to time. But he'll send somebody in his name. He'll send an ambassador in his name. Hence who Jesus Christ was, an ambassador. I'm gonna send my son in the likeness of flesh to show you guys that you can do it, that you're enough. Trust and believe in what he did, follow his examples. When he speaks, I speak. When an ambassador comes to, to another land, they speak on his behalf. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. It's who he was. It is who you are, ambassadors for his kingdom. If you'll speak the words, open your mouth and be that mouthpiece, be that instrument. We are God's workmanship on the earth that he can work and, and move things around and use us because he can trust us and we're obedient. Listen, that's what it's about. And, uh, and that interests me, the intricacies of how it works. I'm not... Listen, if it doesn't interest you, fine. Like, the, you know, you have something to offer too. You, you, may, you may be good at something. You may be good at editing videos. And that's how you serve the kingdom. It doesn't have to be like, I'm not here for like a, to get you to intellectually wrap your mind around something. What's understood doesn't have to be explained. Most of what the brother was sharing today, man, I already knew. But I, it's good to hear it articulated because it bears witness. And you find out, and I'm not putting myself on the pedestal, but you'll find out that when we share these concepts, you already knew it too. You just never heard nobody vocalize it. You just never heard nobody share it. And when they do or when we do, there's resonance. It's like, oh wow, he's saying what I believe. I knew the third eye wasn't a bad thing. I knew that Christ consciousness wasn't bad. I knew that that was simply having the mind of Christ. They, they demystified it for me. So now I can step into that consciousness as to, to have the mind of Christ in every situation, every matter. I can look for his mind. I can look for his opinion. We don't compartmentalize. God doesn't compartmentalize. Ain't just pieces of you that he can have and the other pieces he can't. You got to give your whole self. You have to be a living sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing unto God. This is our journey and it's the greatest journey ever. Keep that fire burning, my friend. We need each other for that. To fan the flame, the things of God that are in each other. To see the potential. To see the concern. But there's a way to do it. Like concern is good. Like, hold on, man. Don't put your hand in that, that fire. You're going to get burned. But there's a way to do it. I'm not going to cut my hand off or hit it with a bat. I'm going to, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to tell myself in my body and say, okay, don't do it, man. Remember we did it last time? Yeah, we did. I'm not going to cut my hand or stab it so it doesn't go in the fire. That's strange, but that's what the, 
body of Christ so-called is doing on the earth, at least who the people were calling the church, because they disagree with you, so they attack you, which is not of God. The body, that's a cancer. When the body attacks itself, and the cells fight each other, it formulates a cancer in the body, because you're fighting yourself. You're Stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. We're to work together. There's a way that you talk to people. There's a way that you talk about deep subjects. There's a way that you correct people. And the Bible will tell you how to do it. And it's in love. What is that love? It is in compassion. Many people have that compassion, but it doesn't come across. They're zealous. They have a zeal for, the, for what they believe and the zeal for not wanting you to get hurt. But that zeal is without knowledge they don't know how why because they've never had nobody correct them in love all of their correction has been a blog against them or you write a blog against me or or yelling or stay away from truth seeker he's deceived that's your correction if i'm influencing as many people as i am or at least how many you think i am shouldn't you shouldn't we sit down and, and have a talk and maybe there's a better way of doing it if the old way is not working stop doing it if it ain't working, stop doing it. And if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Truly carry God's heart and his burden. This is our prayer. And it opens up so much. Whatever the desires of your heart is, you know, the more we're in his presence, the more we're in his word, the more we submit, our desires change. I don't desire the things that I used to desire. And there's things that my flesh desires that, that, I, that I would like to uh, have the opportunity to lay down so that I won't desire it, so that I can starve it out, that I can give it to God so that he can replace it with a corresponding attribute that is good, that is useful, that is fruitful. So as we submit these desires before God and before the fire, it's given back to you, purified. And what's not supposed to be there gets burnt off. And we add that gold brick to the new Jerusalem, which is your body, which is the temple of God. And Christ is the foundation. You put that on top of the foundation of Christ and it is eternal. Fire cannot burn it up. It is not corruptible. It is your foundation. It is a, another brick in the temple of who you are. It is that desire, giving it to him, let him purify it and give it back. So that's what happens. That's the purification process that we're all undergoing to be, to become a temple for God, to house more of his presence on the earth, more of his love. There is more. That's this process that's going on. The alchemical spiritual process. You're you're transforming. You are morphing. There's a metamorphosis. I love that word. You know when the Bible says, "Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind," that instantly you will be transformed. It says you will. There will be a metamorphosis. You will morph. You are morphing into the image of Christ, the image of light, the image of love. And where you go, there is no darkness because you are light. Submitting your desires that are, aren't aren't good. They're hurting you. That's what sin is. This 
to miss the mark. The things that are killing you, give them up. Stop doing it. Our prayer is God help us to do it. God reveal it. You know, again, we talk about insanity. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. That you can keep being rude, church people. You can keep leaving mean comments on people's page that you don't agree with. And it never has worked. But you think if you keep doing it, eventually it's going to work. Come on, man. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Lay your life down on the altar. Allow those those things that are killing you that aren't working to be taken from you. Give it up as an offering. Give it to the Lord. That's worship. That's true worship. Take it. I don't want it no more, God. I give it to you. Even the things you do want. Again, they're not wanting it. Listen, be identify it. Get in your prayer closet and say, Lord, I really like this. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Lord, I really like this, but I know it's not good for me. I know that I abuse those things. I know that I can't, um, you know, I can't show self-control on these areas. So even though I like them, I'm giving it up to you. I'm telling you what you're talking about. And that's if it's bad. I'm not saying a Gnostic belief of something that brings you pleasure you just want to get rid of things that bring you bring you pleasure but what kind of pleasure is it bringing you you know is it is it fleshly pleasure is it is it gorging yourself pleasure that that it's not healthy if it's not healthy get rid of it repent which is to have a different mindset to turn from it because you'll find out that as you submit to that process and as you lay those things down your desires begin to transform you don't desire the things that you used to desire. Now you desire more of his presence. Now you desire cool spiritual stuff, spiritual gifts. You desire to be used. You desire to love greater. I mean, whatever it is, but it begins to be transformed. There's corresponding with the things that you used to desire. You know, when it comes to alcohol, I remember my prayer was and is, Lord, let me desire to be drunk on you. Like my flesh... Uh, likes the the sedation and to be you know a sense of bliss but like it's not good it doesn't it's not good for your body it's not good for your spirit so to be drunk on Christ to be drunk on love to be love drunk truly madly deeply God make that the desire of my heart and it's a good desire and listen we desire to be to be drunk but not on meats and wines. We're not drunk with wine as you suppose. There's the correlation. It looked like you guys were drunk on wine. Why? Because you're merry. You're jolly. You're laughing. You're in bliss. Come on, man. You guys should be afraid right now. I turned on the, I turned on the news. My wife watches the news in the morning. She says she just wants to watch the weather. And we had the news. I had the news on it. I mean, it was murder, death kill murder death kill mdk 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 story after story after the turn you gotta turn this off you got to turn this off it's a reason COVID is this this many people's died it's coming back watch out we're coming turn that off you got to turn that off and i wonder why i'm walking around with anxiety because i'm entertaining this stuff and it's becoming truth repetition reduces resistance the more that you hear something over and over, the more you let down your guard to start believing it, even in your mind, psychologically. 
this music that you're listening to. Repetition reduces resistance. You got to reprove and you got to restore and you got to repent and you got to repair all of that. You ask for help. The ministering spirits that are here to help and to minister to those, the angels are here to help those who are to inherit eternal life is what the Bible says. Allow them to be at work. Allow them to bring conviction. Allow them to um, open up doors that whatever it is you need to walk to. But as this process unfolds, your desires change. And the scripture says that I will give you, this is the Lord speaking, I will give you. It says, delight yourselves in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. So delighting in him to delight ourselves in the Lord is to walk in the spirit is to really find delight in him in his kingdom to be infatuated with him listen i used to be infatuated with all kinds of things that weren't of god or negative or how i can hurt somebody how i can steal how much money i can steal out of a house or how i can break in a, a house or you know just all kinds of things just in the world like i was infatuated with i was infatuated with with taking myself out I was in, I used to dream about that like I didn't like myself and I was infatuated I delighted in that stuff it's like it brought me like some weird comfort but if delight yourself in the Lord delight yourself in him because in that delighting you're being changed you're being renewed by his grace and by his presence you're giving up the things that that are killing you you're repenting and he's literally taking it out of you and replacing it with something beautiful his Holy Spirit. When the, when the scripture talks about that when an evil spirit is cast out of a person, it goes in to, to dry places and it waits a while and then it comes back with seven stronger spirits other than itself. It's like the mafia. If somebody couldn't take you on, listen, we got to go get back up. We got to go get help. And they come, who, who can't, why did they kick you out? Why are you roaming around in dry places? Well, they would, they kicked us out. Well, let's go back because they can't, can't take us all. And, they, and those spirits come back to that home to take up residence again. So you have to be swept clean and you have to replace that house that they had, which is you. You are a house of spirits or the spirit. He says, I will not share my glory with another. I cannot share a bed with, with Baal. I'm not going to do that. You're either a house of God or a house for spirits. So when those spirits come back, they find your home, their old home. They used to have a legal contract to be there. They were there for legal reasons, legal purposes. You gave them a certificate of divorce and you cast them out. Get out of here. That's what that word means. Cast them out. And then they come back with stronger. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you kick these guys out? We're coming back and we're going to, you know, we're taking over. But if your house and your home and your heart is swept clean and filled with the spirit, they don't have a home to come back to and they got to keep it moving. But if you don't, those spirits come back with stronger entities, stronger addictions, worse consequences. And the scripture says that the state of that person is worse than before, that you shouldn't even kicked it out. You should have just found contentment with that demon in you because you wasn't real you wasn't ready to clean the house 
once it left. You seem like you're, you're, you're ready. Your spirit was willing, but your flesh was weak. You wasn't ready to give this stuff up. You asked for the man to, to, to pray and to, to remove a spirit of pornography off of you. And he does, and you find a release, and you felt that spirit leave. Your spirit wanted it, but your flesh was weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so ask God, ask for help, ask for his mind, ask for his heart. Seek and you'll find whatever it is that you're looking for. Be committed to the process. Delight yourself in him. He will give you the desires of your heart. Your desires change the things that you used to desire. You don't desire no more. You desire him. You desire hope. You desire to help. Hey, I'm just trying to help. That's your desire. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you help. It's like somebody playing football on a football team. And you got somebody who's not that good. And they don't get to play. But they're standing by coach. Come on, coach. Put me in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. Listen. Okay. You can go. Because you're ready. Because you want it. I'm going to put you in. I need you to go here and do that. Go here, set that block, do this, help the team. Because you want to be used. I remember early on, um, I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to play Christian rock music, Christian metal music. And a friend of mine, they, they had a band. It was called A Perfect World. And um, we started hanging out with them a lot. And I just wanted to do something in the band. He's like, you should learn to play bass. And if you can play bass, then I'll you can play in the band with us. Okay, cool, I'm gonna, I bought a bass. And I started playing it and I sucked at it. Like I barely could play it. Like they had to show me what to play, but if he showed me, I could just remember it, write it down and practice and play what he showed me. And he had to work with me and it took a long time. And they replaced the guy that was in the band with me. And the guy that was in the band was actually really good. He played whatever. Like, guy was really good. And I was blown away. I'm like, man, why would you kick him out and, and put me in the band? He's like, because you want it. You want it. He's just here. He doesn't care about this. He's just, this is old to him. He doesn't care. So I'm going to put you in the game. I need you to play bass. I'm, I'm going to teach you. Why? Because you're willing to learn. You're apt to learn. And so... That, that touched me when, he, when, when that happened, you know, and, uh, and I keep that with me. And I think that that's how God operates, that he's looking for people that he can use. He's looking for people that he can trust, who really want it, who are in it for the right reasons. You know, most of the gatekeepers, most of the people in the clergy and people who are pastors or, or people who have been in, in any of this stuff, really, any levels for a long time, they've kind of lost their passion. It's their job now. I've been there. We can go, I can go from there to being on fire and the next day. You know, so the, the, the goal is to stay in that place. And just because those gatekeepers are there don't mean that they deserve to be there any longer. And if they don't let you in, God will be the one to take them down because of their pride and open the door and give you their throne, give you that seat. Your time is coming. God is a rewarder to those and of those that diligently seek him. Don't worry about if nobody notices you. 
God notices you. Acts chapter 10. God dealing with Cornelius, who was a Gentile, who was giving God everything that he owned, all of his thoughts, his heart, his mind. But the Israelites were like, nah, we're not, we don't deal with Gentiles. They are unclean. And the Old Testament tells us to stay away from these people. You know, and, and uh, God gives Peter a vision. And it's signs and symbols that he had to interpret. And he had to wrestle with it. Lord, what do you mean? What do you mean? This dream doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Keep wrestling with it, Peter, because you're going to see what it, what it means. The next day he runs into... Cornelius, a man who was devout in all of his ways, that he was so devout that his aura, that his, his essence, his incense reached heaven and God noticed, hey, who's that guy? I didn't, have you heard of him? He's a Gentile. Okay, we got to use him. Why? Because he's apt to be used. Peter has that dream and goes into the, the city that Cornelius was, was staying, staying at. And he meets Cornelius and God speaks to Cornelius. Hey, go up. There's going to be a man who you're going to meet. Go look for him. When you see him, you'll know and he'll know you. What is that? That's a weird dream. God's dealing with both people. We're talking about synchronicity. We're talking about synchronicity. Dealing with two different people. And then when they see each other, they find resonance. Oh, that's the guy. That's the guy from my dream. That's the guy who just spoke everything that I've been studying for the last three months. Synchronous something. Somebody orchestrated this. This isn't by chance. But God. Peter sees him. And now gets the interpretation of his dream. Because in his dream, it was a, a shawl that comes down full of unclean animals. Peter, being a Jew, when has never eaten, eaten anything unclean. He sees the vision and it's full of unclean animals. And he says, Peter, take and eat. Take and eat. And Peter's like, what? It's a nightmare. <sighs> I'm not, Lord, I've never, I've never eaten anything unclean. I've never eaten any. What do you mean, Lord? He's like, you'll see what I mean goes to the next city, looks at this guy who says, hey, God told me to, I'm supposed to come to you. And then boom, 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 synapses connect. He says, wow, the meaning of my dream had nothing to do with animals or eating anything. He says, I knew the reason of my dream and the interpretation. It was not to call any man unclean. So he got it through a dream and through a vision where God was able to change his mind and to deal with even Peter, who was hard-hearted and had false beliefs about people, calling people that God created, that God loves, unclean. Lord, how are you worshiping this? How are you? How is this man worshiping you? How are you using this man? He's not a Christian. He's not one of us. All right, listen. You'll see. And it's the same message God is speaking now. You think that we would get it. But we're like, we're real possessive. You can't. You cannot be a part of my, my church. You, you scatter. You don't teach the things that we teach. You have a different belief. And, and now you're my enemy. No, listen, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? 
It's your wording. We don't use those words here. Well, don't. We do, where I'm from. The, my people, they use those words. They get them. Those words are interchangeable, sir. Those words are interchangeable. <sighs> I love all words. We're a student of the word. The people change, the phrases change, the, ter the, the term, terms change, but the meaning stays the same. Everything else is recycled. Hope you get that. Thank you guys for hanging out. This was a really good episode. All right, let's get down to business. I have to say a huge thank you to some of the latest patrons within the last week or so. I'm gonna give a shout out and say thank you to Rhonda Edwards. Thank you for coming on Rhonda and for supporting It Means the World. Shout out to Adam Kincaid. Thank you for coming on Adam means the world. Thank you for being a part of the community and believing in my work. It means the world. Thank you. Christina Collis. Thank you, Christina. So good to connect with you and your husband. And I'm praying for you guys, praying for your husband, and hope that you guys encounter new realms of the beauty and bliss of God in your life. If you'd like to support, go to patreon.com backslash truthseeker or truthseeker.com. There, by joining, you get access to my entire discography of music. You get access to the Thursday night School of the Mystics, which is our community aspect to what we build here and hanging out and discussion and prayer and meditation, all that good stuff. Listen, sometimes we just need people to talk to and roll ideas off of each other just because there's nobody at your job that you can talk to about opening a chakra or how to commune with an angel or whatever it is or sigils or gazing into icon. Oh, I don't care what it is. We're open, man. We're open. That's what we do. So if you're looking for that community, make sure you join through through Patreon. So that's on Thursday nights. Also Sunday mornings, we connect. We do breath work, a lot of discussion, but prayer meditation as well. Really trying to find that, that first day of the week that we can get together and come together and pray and submit things to God and just allow his presence and his beauty to, to, to wash over us and, and to lift up um, lift up God and just say thank you together. And that really shifts the, your vision for that whole week. So we do that on Sunday mornings as well. You also get access to the entire meditation library that I have. It's available there. Check out all my meditations. Also the entire library of webinars that we did with the Mystic Circle. There's so many like A-list people in the spiritual community, people that I believe in, people that whose work has impacted my life in some way. And so we, we discussed it all. And so those webinars are there that we've done uh, last year. We're gonna be doing more so you get access to all of that stuff. Make sure you go and check it out. It is the membership. It is how you partner with me and um, allow me to keep doing what I'm doing at this level. Thank you guys for being a part of this community and, and showing up. Listen, every share, every like, every comment, every prayer, it means the world to me. I can feel your prayers, I feel your energy, I see your comments. Um, we don't have a huge team, we need each other. Thank you for believing in this work and believing in this message and, and I know that you understand the severity of this word that needs to go out to the masses. 
to walk in love, to walk in peace and, and, and bidding people to come together, to put, put aside our differences. Do we have them? Yeah. Why get caught up in, in what separates us? That's what the Pharisees did. The word Pharisee means separatist to you today. It was a devout sect of, of, of Jewish scholars and, and Jewish leaders, but they were separatist. They looked for ways to disqualify people. No, your hair's too long. Oh, those rings, I see these tattoos. If you remove your tattoos, you can come speak at our church. Namaste. Love you guys. We're going to do it again. Many blessings. Shalom and shalom. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.